0: Hello listeners, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Balls Out, where we talk everything and anything NBA. Now, I want to introduce you all to somebody because I believe those who meet this man genuinely go on to live more enjoyable lives. That man is Zach
1: Lane. Zach, how are you tonight? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for that gracious introduction. Of course. I could say the same things about you myself, but you already said them, so it's all summed up. (laughs) i just wanted to say this is uh this is a podcast about the nba it's the balls out podcast it's the only podcast on air where we talk about guys balling out guys that metaphorically play with their balls out and hosted by two sexy little devils that record the (laughs) podcast with their balls out oh yeah my my testes are feeling the breeze right now yeah ball check secured they're hanging (laughs) (laughs)
0: Not very secure.
1: (laughs) Got the saggy natties dropping low right now. I think I'm ready to rock.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Awesome. So tonight we're talking all NBA teams, and then later on we're going to dive into the playing games a little bit, do some playoff previews. I should note that we're recording
1: this on Monday night, uh, Monday, May 17th, so... All the the regular season games all just finished up yesterday, yep, so yep. we're recording the day before the play-in starts.
0: That's right, so these All-NBA teams are official. All the stats are in. Regular season's ended, stats final, no debates now. Absolutely, except for the debates that we're about to have, because I know that it's, it's going to get pretty contentious.
1: <laughs> except for this. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be venom and barbs flying everywhere.
0: Yeah. So Zach, do you want to start with uh, your first team?
1: I would love to. I'm pretty solidly confident about this first team of mine, so let's get down to brass tacks. You got... So, I guess we can explain the all-NBA teams just for everybody that doesn't know how it works because it is a little bit different this year with how they allowed the positions. So, it is two guards, two forwards, still a center. They switched up the center and forward positions for a lot of players, Mm -hmm. so... You have guys like Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, who are two of the best centers in the league. They're both eligible at power forward and center, which would theoretically allow somebody to put both of them on the first team. Theoretically would allow a coward to do (laughs) such a thing. I, myself, no coward, so I will not be putting Embiid on my first team. Wow.
0: I'm playing by the rules here, man.
1: Hey, you do you think. You can hide behind the the NBA's little white blanket and have a good time with that.
0: And we should know there's a lot of uh, guards and forwards who can go either way too, such as Luka Doncic, um, Jason Tatum, Paul George, Jimmy Butler. Uh, Is Bradley Beal guard forward? I think he's only eligible at guard. I actually think Jokic is only eligible at center. Jokic is only at center. And
1: Gobert is also only at center. Right. I think Bam is a forward slash center. So basically, the NBA was just begging for Embiid to be on the first team, yeah, <laughs> by allowing and, him to be a forward. You know,
0: I really see their point though. After the season he's had, like I, I can't imagine leaving him off the first team. I'm not trying to tip anything off towards what my
1: list looks like, but. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get started on my list. Yeah, go for it. You got the two first team guards: Steph Curry, Damian Lillard pretty easy choices mm-hmm. steph was the scoring leader this year he was the first scoring leader at age 33 or older since michael jordan uh, the oh, only wow. one to ever do it so I know that. yeah crazy. joins historic company with that yeah, that's which pretty elite steph, company. <laughs> steph yeah <laughs> yeah he's you know that michael jordan guy some people have probably heard of him at hey, this point not bad yeah he's got like some sick shoes or whatever Uh, Steph was the scoring leader this year. Ultra high efficiency, which is pretty typical for Steph. 48% from the field, 42 from three, 91 from the free throw line. Almost 50-40-90 club as the scoring leader, which that level of volume and efficiency is just practically unheard of. He shot 12.73s a game this year, which... I don't know the exacts of it, but that sounds like the all-time high. Uh, The only one that I could think that would have shot more would be James Harden in one of the last two or three years. Right.
0: Yeah, I think his MVP seasons before uh, Durant joined the Warriors, um, he had up around 12 attempts as well,
1: maybe 11 or 12. Yeah, that season before Durant showed up, he was at 11. Uh, Two years ago... The last season that they did have Durant, he was at 11.7, and then this year he just shot a whole extra three per game, which...
0: <laughs> yeah, and basically carried a a terrible team otherwise to a, play, a play-in game. Like, they have a fighter's chance of getting a first-round series in the playoffs. Against
1: the Lakers, which is so beyond yeah, exciting. Yeah, going to be a, a crazy play-in
0: game. We'll, we'll get into that a bit later. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, out of... I mean, Steph took 21.7 field goal attempts per game this year. He took 12.7 three-point attempts. So he shot nine shots a game that weren't threes. So he was just absolutely jacking, hitting them at an insane rate still. 42 is like... For any player to shoot 42% from the three-point line... That's a, an amazing year. That's most players' career highs. For Steph, that's just, like, a little bit lower than average since his <laughs> career average is 43% from three. Right. Uh, so um. Where where is Steph on your MVP ballot? So on my MVP ballot, uh, Steph is... He's in the top five, but he's probably hovering right around five, I would say. It's just... Th- The lack of team success for me is just why I can't put him up that high because I just couldn't. I I mean, as the player on the Warriors, as the games that he's played in, so he played a total of 63 games this year. Mm -hmm. They had a really solid, they had like a really overachieving record when he did play. When he didn't play, they just absolutely went to shit. And so that's the reason that they're in the play in, but. I just couldn't reward somebody that's gonna be in the playing game with like that high of MVP honors. Even though it's not saying that he's the number one, not saying that he's the number two. Like, just the level of season that he had is fantastic, and he definitely deserves mention there. But I don't think he's like a legit MVP contender.
0: Right. I wouldn't vote for him for MVP. I think Jokic is a pretty clear cut winner here. But I give yeah, him probably third on my We're both in agreement. Ballot behind uh behind the two big men.
1: Yep. And you do have you have Jokic number 1 and Bead number 2. Right,
0: yeah. So I have Steph I'm, I also have Steph on my first team. Um Who's your other guard?
1: So Steph unanimous first team. I'm sure it'll be that for everybody worldwide at this point. Yeah, best
0: best guard in the league this year, I'd say.
1: The second guard that I had was Dalla Dame Damian nice. Lillard.
0: Nice, we got consensus in our uh, first team guards. Wow, whole lot of interesting content then. I know, right? Not button heads yet, but I have a feeling it's coming.
1: It'll, it'll be, in, it's in the works. There's just not a lot of room for debate when it comes to those two guys. Dame was putting up 28 a game this year, seven assists. He played 67 games. He had mm-hmm. to play a lot of those games without C.J. McCollum, who was right playing at an all-star level and. Almost rivaling Dame's production at the time that he ended up getting injured at the beginning of the year. Right. They lost CJ. They lost Nurkic for a while.
0: Right. He started the season without both of them. He um he basically had to carry a, a pretty shitty team. About midway through the season, before they got uh, CJ back, before Nurkic is back, but he's playing in a limited capacity, he's splitting time with Cantor still. Mm-hmm. Still got
1: no Zach Collins. Right. I mean, who knows if Zach Collins will ever play in the fucking NBA. Uh, they do have this, uh, I don't know, this really amazing, talented <laughs> player named Carmelo Anthony who just seems ageless. He's just dipped in the fountain of youth, just putting in work for the Trail this year.
0: It feels inevitable that he's going to have one of these playoff games, like a game two where he just goes off for like 40 points and is the reason why the Trailblazers pull off like an upset in the first round.
1: Mm Mhm, That's the only unfortunate part about the Trailblazers actually making the playoffs and not the play-in because if it was Trailblazers-Lakers in a play-in game, you know Mello would take fucking 25 shots in that game in LeBron's face just trying to get the dub. Which would probably be to the detriment of the Trailblazers as a team, but (laughs) for my enjoyment as a lifelong Carmelo Anthony fan, oh my god, I would be freaking the fuck out. Oh yeah. Yeah, That guy can ball out. So, Dame, there's not too much to say about him. At -hmm. this point, everybody pretty much knows who Damian Lillard is. You know the clutch (laughs) shots. You know the half-court pull-ups. You know... That's a bad shot in Paul George's mouth. (laughs) You know, the playoff success, uh, somewhat lack of playoff success. They've won some rounds. They made it to a conference finals. Dame Mm -hmm. always seems to show up at the biggest moments. It's just the team hasn't always been up to his level, so kind of the same thing this year. The team wasn't really up to his level, and Dame just continued to carry and bring them to a playoff berth, not even the play-in, as they were last year.
0: Right. We'll see if they can get uh, that that reliable second fiddle to help them out, whether it's CJ one game or um, Norman Powell. You know, We haven't even talked about him yet. Mm. He's really That's come true. along. He, he's a guy who can really swing a series with his scoring my, ability.
1: My first All-NBA forward, actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 good one. <laughs> Norman Powell. Yeah, I think he's eligible at forward and guard. So like, <laughs> I feel like oh I'm yeah, slide him can right him in up. there. Yeah, right. It's
0: too easy. Speaking of your first team, first team forward. Let's hear about him. So
1: first team forward lock. My. Two first-team forwards. One of them, very, very easy. One of them was tough. The lock was Giannis. Won the MVP each of the last two years. Everybody knows about the playoff flameouts. The guy, at this point, is still 26 years old, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made it to a conference finals. They lost in the second round last year to the Heat, which was the huge deal of the bubble, and... I feel like kinda started this somewhat anti Giannis campaign. Which Yeah. I'm kinda of for it. Uh not really though. He really does need to develop develop some sort of go to move or jump shot for the playoffs, but What, just running into the band dunking doesn't count as a move? Yeah. <laughs> just taking eighteen steps and then just <laughs> dropping it through the hoop.
0: Hey, if I got away with traveling, I do it all the time. I
1: fucking, I'd, love, I'd love to do some traveling <laughs> me, me and you together Oh, that's sweet <laughs>
0: but but Yeah, another thing he, His ability to play both ends of the floor At such an elite level Just really uh, puts him on a whole other level Like His defensive player of the year last year He hasn't quite lived up to that this year But he hasn't had to He's gotten a lot of help He's got Drew Holiday now He doesn't have to Yeah. To, Really swarmed the perimeter like he was last year, playing that free safety position. Now they um, don't have
1: the crust lord, Eric Bledsoe, holding them back. They actually oh got a dog in there. Yeah,
0: so Giannis' number is just 28 per game, 6 assists, 11 boards, 57% from the field. That's just staggering. Being able to score 20 a the game on 57%, like...
1: It's just insane. He's just like a wet dream for the regular season. Over one steal, over one block, like... Just putting in the work everywhere. As a two way player, pretty much unmatched in the league at this point. He's a seven footer who can guard every single position and yeah. can on offense at least dunk the ball very hard and take <laughs> massive steps. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. And and I mean we're underrating I, we're underrating his offense and joking around about his offense a little bit, but averaging twenty eight a game and six assists. Like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty amazing.
0: You went back-to-back uh, MVPs, people
1: start to get uh, a little sick of you, I guess. Yeah. A little, a little fatigued. Which, if it was my MVP ballot, I would probably have Giannis as third mm. on my MVP list. I would not have Giannis as the number one. I mean, just because I think Jokic is the clear-cut favorite. But I Giannis, I would have him probably as my third guy, just because... He's still doing the same things that he's been doing the last two years when he was MVP. It's just there's less hype around it now because he's got to show what he can do in the playoffs. So,
0: right, all right, so two guards and one forward in, and so far we're three for three. Three the for first three. Team. But
1: now and I think
0: things are about to change. Who's your forward?
1: Things are about to get forward. a little bit spicy here. Oh, yeah. I have the claw, Kawhi Leonard, big ol' mitts. Lockdown defender, um, the Jesus of Toronto, we could say, the savior, <laughs> bringing them out of their uh, mega playoff drought or mega never won a championship. Not so much of a playoff drought, but never That's won a championship right. until he went there for one year, delivered the championship. And he goes to the City of Angels. City of Angels, LA. They make the bold proclamation that they're the best team in LA last year. They flame Mm. out against yours truly's Nuggets in the playoffs. Below a 3-1 lead. That was some series, though. Dude, that was... Oh, man. That series to me.
0: You could tell halfway through Game 7 that the Clippers just didn't have it. They were unmotivated. Mm. They didn't play it like it was a Game 7. And then the Nuggets, they just wanted it more. Like, I know it's a cliché. But Jokic went out there, and he proved to be unstoppable. Meanwhile, Kawhi Leonard coming off a championship.
1: You want, you want to know what really happened? Hmm. You want to know what really happened? You got some guys on the Nuggets reaching down, pulling their balls out, laying them <laughs> on the table, and just taking big swings. And you know what the Clippers are doing? whole lot of nothing. whole wearing, lot of like, no balls. They're wearing like five pairs of pants. Their balls are far from <laughs> it. <laughs> five pairs of pants. They got a chastity belt. The key is out the window. Those <laughs> balls aren't going anywhere. They haven't lotioned them up in days. They're not showing them to anybody. No
0: skincare routine on those uh, those nuggets. Oh. Absolutely.
1: No. On the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, poor choice of <laughs> words for uh, balls, I guess. <laughs> Big nuggets for the nuggets. But Mega Flame out in the playoffs last year. They come back this year. They end up dropping to the four seed because they threw the game last night because they're trying to avoid the Lakers in the playoffs. Which yeah.
0: who, who really runs LA, huh?
1: I can't penalize anybody for trying to avoid the Lakers in the playoffs because if the Lakers... They're gonna be they're a playing team, they're probably gonna be the seven or eight seed. If you have to play the Lakers, the defending champions in the first round, that's a fucking tall order, and that's a fucking absolute nightmare. So any jockeying that you have to do to get out of that, I completely understand. But what Kawhi's done this year, pretty unassailable. The guy's putting up almost twenty five, six and five. He's got a career high in assists this year On Only Two turnovers a game
0: Yeah his efficiency is remarkable He's close to being a 50-40-90 a guy
1: Yeah da- Tiptoe on the line on 50-40-90 He's real real close 3 point percentage A little bit lower on free throw percentage But mm-hmm. He's shooting over 50% from the field He's almost 40% from 3 He can get a shot from anywhere He has like He's got that kind of that old man type deal with just the grown man strength where he just kind of leans into you a little bit, bumps you off, and then just rises right up, and there's nothing right. you can do about his He'll shot. He'll take a-
0: anybody one-on-one and just pull up right in their face with the smallest amount of space, and it seems like in the biggest moments even. Just sink it And what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do against it. Right. So I don't have Kawhi on my first team. I have him down on my second team.
1: Besides that, though, don't discount Kawhi's defense because oh, that's known. That's been consistently known. one of the best. He's got a Defensive Player of the Year. He's consistently one of the best defensive players in the game. Tones it down in the regular season a little bit at this point, but you know when playoffs come alive, Kawhi Leonard's locking anybody up. One of the only people that I've seen block Kevin Durant. So
0: yeah, I mean, he should have a ring just for that, a trophy <laughs> in, uh on his mantle. I blocked Kevin Durant once. not many guys would have that
1: award at least something give the guy a medal I mean Christ
0: (laughs) yeah I mean the case against Kawhi really lies in the amount he's played 52 games he's played uh, 1700 minutes it's like 91st in the league is that is that confirmed yes that is confirmed (laughs) I I didn't just pull that out of my ass just making sure but the guy I have ahead of ahead of him has played even less oh he's played even uh, even one fewer game very sneaky and about 150 fewer minutes. And that means Joel Embiid. You're making the case for him big time right now. Yeah, right? You're really selling it. I got to lead with the bad stuff so I leave a good taste in your mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> Joel Embiid. Another guy, it's known what he does on the defensive end. It seems like everybody in that 76ers lineup can guard one through five. And they really just need Embiid to be in the paint and be an anchor contest shots at the rim, block shots, grab rebounds, and go. And that's what he's done on that end. On the offensive end, 28.5 points a game, 10.6 rebounds, shot 51%, that's awesome. I mean, especially for someone who's taking as many out sh- outside shots as Embiid for a center. Yeah, you know, He, is he a loves that mid-range game.
1: Very solid midi game.
0: Takes some threes, decent three-point percentage, not bad, you gotta respect him out there.
1: High 30s. I I did not notice that he shot 37%
0: from a 3 this year That's really good Pretty impressive, you gotta respect him He hit that one game winner early in the season
1: I forgot against who, it might have been the Bucs mm, The one where he got it and took the dribble Stepped back out there and just yeah, wet it, it. Yeah, it was outrageous Yeah, I think it was the Bucks Because Bucks I think Brooke Lopez was flying out on him
0: Right So that was back when MB and MB, MVP talks were At a high, you know I was back before he missed all these games, which again is not something we should uh, underrate. But in the games that he has played, he's been the best player by far on the best team in the East, or the team who won the most games in the East, I should say. Good Can't catch. crown them the best team yet. Joel Embiid is my—he's uh, my MVP runner-up as of now, as of by the time we're voting. Also mine. I mean, <laughs> he's outscoring Giannis. It's no small potatoes. To outscore the
1: freak, absolutely not. That guy's a freak, right? Tough, and as tough to score before, more than a freak, dude. You know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so first though, I should say we should say uh, just why, like, I don't have Embiid on my first team. Oh
0: right, right. Sorry. Go on. Why, why, why don't you just uh, sack up and uh, listen as like as a forward? I balls balls out
1: dude i told you they're
0: hanging right now all right my balls are out dude i'm ready to fucking
1: bash them together i'm just <laughs> i would pay a lot of money to see it i i'm just a stickler for the honor and the sanctity of the game of basketball and oh, give me a break. the purity of the purity of these all nba teams it's i just think the nba Really fucking schmoozed it. They really, really wanted Embiid to be on the first team. The fact that you make him eligible at power forward and you don't make Jokic eligible at power forward. The guys both play center all the time. I think there was one game where Embiid checked in at the same time as Tony Bradley and technically Tony Bradley was listed at center, so Embiid got... Like three minutes of power forward run, so I guess now he's eligible at power forward. Right, he's
0: played 99% of his minutes at center.
1: The guy's a center. Right, I agree. If he would be, if it's just actual play wise, actual stats wise, regardless of positions, Embiid would be on my first team. I just can't put two centers on it. I have to stick him on my second team just for being a center. Because if he had played all the games, he might be the center. He might be the first-team center, but unfortunately, the guy that's ahead of him played every single game this year and played out of this world every single game this year yet again.
0: Right. So, I understand Embiid has played 99% of his minutes at center. (laughs) Interesting. And I don't feel great about it. But if the NBA is going (laughs) to let me put the second-best player in the league this year on the first-team... I have
1: to do it. You know, I'm not going to say too many bad things about you (laughs) right now. At least not on the pod, maybe behind your back when we get off of this. I'll start spewing to my roommate over here, but I'll just, uh, you can take the coward's way out. You can put him beat on the first team, and we can just be done with it. Yeah,
0: dude. Better than having Kawhi. (laughs) All right, now to the biggest lock that I've ever seen, and that's Jokic. I mean, guy played every game, third in the the league in minutes played. He's just making this impact night in and night out that is unmatched. I mean, you can't guard him with one guy. He'll score right over the top. He'll hit one of those funky little floaters that he does or take you straight Mm -hmm. back to the
1: basket. Finish at the or rim. his little turn little turn, One foot fade away that just Hits the rafters and then splashes In without touching the net
0: Just these heinous moves that doesn't look like belong On a basketball <laughs> court and he makes them happen and To the tune of 26 a game
1: Shooting it's 56% disgusting. He looks like a, a head chef at a seafood place and then is just <laughs> raining in impossible jumpers and hook shots. It's right. unbelievable.
0: But you send help his way, and he's going to pick you apart. I mean, he can see over the top of everybody. He's 7 feet tall, and he's got this vision
1: that we've never seen from somebody at his position. We can both say it right now. Best passing center of all time. Easily.
0: And he's he's 26.
1: He's 26. He's still, he's not fully in his prime yet. It's
0: crazy, and these these angles he sees, it's like he's playing in the fourth dimension. He's just
1: <laughs> not even playing basketball at this point. He's literally opening up portals to toss passes through <laughs> that just give guys a point-blank, wide-open layup. It's, it's like crazy. one of those
0: shitty Bleacher Report edits that they throw on their Twitter.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I it's real It's life. exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: An emphasis on shitty Bleacher Report.
0: I get he doesn't make the defensive but impact. I mean, that...
1: I mean, unless you want to give either of us a job.
0: Yeah, I mean, Bleacher Report's not shitty if they're paying me, but... Yeah, if so, we'll cut this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his impact on the defensive end, it's not nearly to the level of Embiid or Giannis or Rudy Gobert or Bam Adebayo or any of these other big men, but he's making... Enough nice. of an impact He's good enough on defense He's not a slouch He's not a liability like he was in his younger days When he was visibly very out of shape <laughs> he, Very out of shape Yeah, right before the bubble last year He worked himself into uh, a pretty good body there I Where mean, he, my balls are out Shit, well, our balls are out, right? I'll <laughs> well, talk about this might as guy. Well be honest Yeah, I mean, this guy balls out So, Jokic, not much more to say about him Moving on to the second team. Oh, yeah, sorry, go on. Well,
1: I got a couple. I just just don't want to discount. I don't think I've heard a lot of people bring up just the fact that how many games were missed by his teammates during this year and how tough it was for them to have a full team because Michael Porter Jr. had COVID twice, had... Mm -hmm. A very long absence just because of health and safety protocols.
0: Maybe he shouldn't be anti-vax, you know? Maybe he should uh, (laughs) stick that needle in his arm.
1: Maybe, yeah, uh, rethink your entire fucking belief system, Michael Bordy Jr., but (laughs) that's besides the point. (laughs) That guy absolutely balls the fuck out, and they missed him towards the beginning of this year. He was supposed to be the third option coming into the season, and that's a lot to put on him at this point, at this stage in his career. Thoughts put on him, but I mean, broad shoulders, maybe from anti-vax. I don't know. Like he's just—he's got all these homegrown nutrients, nothing artificial being put in his body. I don't know. just a little devil's devil's advocate here. Uh, he wouldn't—he wouldn't,
0: but, he wouldn't like, have a a back without modern medicine, is the thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. He wouldn't have. Millions of dollars at this point Already He came into the year He's supposed to be their third best player By the end of the season Easily their third best player Mm -hmm. I mean because of the Jamal Murray Injury So then that takes us to the Jamal Murray injury Their second best player The guy who has For the past two years turned it up in the playoffs Man they'd have a real shot at the title If he was healthy In my opinion they would have been the ones for the championship. I would have picked them to go all the way. They mm-hmm. had such a complete team. They have Murray. They have Barton. They have Porter. They got Aaron Gordon at the deadline. And then they have the MVP in Jokic. They had, and then a pretty solid bench. So they had a really good team. Jamal Murray's ACL, unfortunate. I mm-hmm. mean, best wishes to him for a full recovery. But Jokic was missing his best, second best player on the team. His running man, the guy who he has insane chemistry with where Jamal Murray as the point guard will set screens for Jokic as the center and then they'll somehow get just magic out of it, either an open layup for Murray, an open three an open little floater for Jokic just something crazy, but the defense never knows what to do kick it to a shooter, like they have so many options, the defense never knows what to do when those two guys are playing together, and Jokic had to play probably the last third of the season without him, and kept the Nuggets on an insane pace and got them up to, the, I mean, got them up higher than they were when Murray got hurt. So they got up to the three seed.
0: Right. I think they did something crazy, like won nine of the last the nine of the next ten games after Murray went down. Yeah, something absurd. It like, just rose to the occasion. How do you lose your best player and then go on a tear like that? Yeah, it's one thing that people don't talk about is how fiery of a competitor Jokic seems to be. Like this is a guy that has always okay. dialed it up, come playoff time. The bigger the stage, the better this guy does. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say it again, he's twenty-six. It's it's remarkable how great he's
1: how great he is at such a young age. Twenty six. And we might be remembering the playoffs a lot differently last year if Anthony Davis didn't hit that buzzer beater three in game two of their series against the Lakers. Swung the whole series. Because Oh man. I still just flash back to that moment and the possession before Anthony Davis hit that shot when Jokic just cleanly catches the ball at the three point line with Davis on him and just proceeds to go absolute grown man daddy mode turns Anthony (laughs) Davis Pretends he's Shaq for a minute Turns Anthony Davis into barbecue chicken Backs him (laughs) all the way down Stuffs him under the basket Lofts up a beautiful little hook Over his head and puts the nuggets In the lead and if Anthony Davis Hadn't hit that shot Series would have been 1-1 Everybody would have been talking about How hard Jokic dominates Anthony Davis Mm -hmm. So It's just an example of how he rises To the occasion and steps up
0: Right alright Talked about the uh, we got our first teams in, so just to recap, Zach has Steph Dame, Giannis, Kawhi, and Jokic. I have four out of those the five. <laughs> the difference is I don't have uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, I have a big man, big boy, big balls, Joel
1: Embiid. A little sneaky way out, but I still respect it.
0: It's fine, it's fine, it's just it's a little fundamental disagreement. lot more disagreements on the second team
1: all right
0: (laughs) i'm gonna start it off i've got uh the second leading scorer in the league brad beal as one of my guards on my second team so bradley beal right behind steph 31.3 points per game on a slightly better field goal percentage than steph a much worse three-point percentage bradley beal for some reason has been getting worse as a three-point shooter as the the years have gone on and he's taken on a, a larger role it's kind of kind of strange. He had one season like four years ago where he shot 40% on seven attempts. And this year he's down to 35% on uh, how many attempts, Zach? Six attempts a game. On Yeah, on less attempts. It's
1: kind of nice. And last year, last year he shot 8.4 threes a game. This year down to 6.2, which is right. pretty odd as the importance of threes rises.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, he's getting buckets either way, however you want to do it. Bradley Beal, he'll he'll give it to you. His balls are out. He's he's carrying that Wizards team, which I know he's got like a pretty good running mate in Russell Westbrook. But it's the jury is still out on whether he's uh he helps a team with all those stats. Whether mm-hmm. those triple doubles are really valuable to a, a winning
1: team, seeing as the Wizards finished uh, below 500. I'd say they're definitely valuable <sighs> to a. Very mids playoff team <laughs> Yeah I mean he's sick It seems things. like Westbrook has no problem Being 6, 7, or 8 seed <laughs> Yeah as long as he gets his right Exactly
0: But Anyway this isn't about Westbrook it's about Beal So played 60 games Played what is it about 2100 minutes I mean checks all the boxes As a uh, as a scorer I mean call him good stats Absolutely. Bad team all you want He He's a bucket
1: Brad Beal's a bucket What do you have on Beal? Enough said, Bradley Beal consistently gets buckets. He's probably, if you're a defender, one of the toughest matchups you're going to face in the NBA just because the fact that he's scoring 31 a game Mm -hmm. while shooting under 35% from three and only shooting six threes a game. I mean, Steph got the scoring title with 32 a game and he shot more than double the amount of threes that Bradley Beal shot this year (laughs) which and at such a higher percentage so just the extra points that Steph's getting from the threes like it just shows Bradley Beal gets his points everywhere and yeah he's I mean he's just pretty much unguardable at this point he is the main guy in Washington he's transitioned into that role and also kudos to him for not trying to fight his way and just sabotage his way out of Washington and actually right. sticking He's somewhere really sticking that up. Yeah, that he wants to be at home with. So And he
0: he goes into every game and I love his demeanor. He plays hard. He he, he yeah. really grinds, you know? Every game. Regular. it's 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 nice to see someone in the regular season really put it all on the line every game.
1: Exactly. I like to see guys give a shit about the scoring title too. Like you could tell right. Bradley Beale wanted to win the scoring title. Like yeah. he wanted to go out every night and do it and like clearly Steph did too but like Beal he shows up for every single game Mm -hmm. and I mean that's Westbrook too both of those guys as your two leaders on the team I mean that's invaluable right and aside from those two guys
0: that team is pretty uh pretty bad you know they're (laughs) starting like Daniel Gafford I think they started in last game yeah Davis Burton Daniel Gafford though Burton's taking
1: a major step back after getting paid um
0: who else are are they even trotting out there like Rui Hachimura
1: Davis Burton's arms taking a massive step back in muscle mass and definition (laughs) (laughs) that's oh my god just look up a picture it's unfucking believable that's the kind of kind of analysis you only get on balls out (laughs) <laughs> That's right. It's the first thing I notice every time I tune into a Wizards game is just how does this guy reach from the three-point line? I Man, he's it. looking tiny. <laughs> this is crazy. Those are noodles, dude. <laughs> Back to how Beal
0: is just really a gamer. He uh, The other night when they were competing for that play-in spot, he's playing on a bad hamstring, you know? He, there was one play in particular where I remember him uh going for a loose ball, going out of bounds, and then he's just clutching the back of his leg and hobbling his way back out onto the floor, getting ready for the
1: next play. It's just remarkable. Let me tell you who would never Dave Lane with a bad <laughs> hand <handstring. laughs> uh, He'd be to out this. for
0: at least at least twelve months.
1: Oh man. Oh he wouldn't play pool basketball or horse for a year. So Bradley Beal's commitment and dedication. That guy's a baller.
0: All right, so where do you have Beal? Is he on your second team?
1: So that's where we diverge instantly on the second team because Bradley Beal drops down to the third for me. His numbers, unassailable. As a scorer and an offensive player, he's unstoppable. The team ended up eighth in the East, I'm pretty sure. So they ended up 8th They ended up in the play-in In In a regular Mm -hmm. season they would have made the playoffs At 8th But they finished with A 34-38 and record Under five hundred In the Eastern Conference Which is just weaker than the West in general So Mm -hmm. I mean if you're thinking Okay well Steph's in the play-in And Bradley Beal's in the play-in How could Steph be first team How could Bradley Beal be third team well, just the efficiency for Steph is one thing. The mm. Warriors, in a tougher conference, finished at 39 and 33, solidly above 500. Right. They finished at the eight seed in the West. Wizards, eight seed in the East, like we said, 34 and 38. Under 500. They did deal... They dealt with a lot of injuries this year and a lot of COVID protocol situations. But a lot of teams did also. And you have... Bradley Beale and Russell Westbrook. You would think that you'd be higher than the eighth seed, or at least you'd be over a five hundred record, but I just couldn't put him on the second team for that reason. And I mean, he's not really anything special on the other side of the ball either. There's nothing to point to defensively. So No, there's
0: not. But the way I see it, I mean, there's nothing that special about Dave Miller's defense and we were able to put him up there on the first team.
1: That's true. But and da- Damian Lillard did carry the Blazers to a 42-30 and 30 record solidly in the playoffs of the Western Conference. Right, right. Which I would
0: never argue Beal over a Dame, but I'm just able yeah. to overlook his defense for just the offensive supernova that he is. And for that, he gets yeah, third team I mean, for me. Yeah, I think he's the third best guard this season. Well, fourth best guard, <laughs> Because I uh, have one of my guards as a forward.
1: That's true. So that brings me to mine. I have two guards that I just think are more deserving, and okay. one of them is listed at forward on your team. That's but right. But I have Luka Doncic as the first guard on my second team because...
0: Okay. Gotcha. He's
1: Unbelievable. Right, and I, I'm on the
0: same page as you. He's also on my second team, but I've him started as a forward. I needed uh, I needed space for guards. You know, there's a lot, so which, many good guards in the NBA. I wanted to be able to to squeeze one more in there.
1: Which the NBA allows, so of course. But I
0: mean, he's I six mean, eight.
1: I don't feel bad about having him as a forward. You know, he's six eight. The thing is, he brings the ball off the floor every single time, and he oh completely he runs the, the off. offense. That's so sick, dude. Yeah, you know who brings the ball up on the court every single game for every single team. Who? You know, what, you know what position. You know a position does that. What position, dude? I think you know. Isn't it? Isn't it point guard for every team in NBA history and existence? I guess so, Bamba. I I look at Luca. I see G slash F. I Isn't wish he that- was my GF. <laughs> <laughs> so I see G slash F. I wonder, wondering, Luca, you single? <laughs> What's going on? Because <laughs> uh, when James Harden all of a sudden started bringing the ball up for the Rockets, uh, they switched him over to point guard. And James Harden became a point guard full time. And he was never a forward anyway, but... He went from shooting guard to point guard. And I just think if you're running the offense, you're orchestrating like that. (laughs) You're orchestrating the offense. You're responsible for everything. You're the point guard. So that's why I have Luca listed there. And, I mean, it's easy for mine because I just have him listed at guard anyway. So I don't have to try and... right. Yeah. Finesse around we... and use the NBA's, uh oh, me, 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 me. dare I say, it soft loopholes this year. A loophole still a loophole. A hole is a hole. A as loophole. They, say. <laughs> hey, they do say it. I've said it a couple times. Yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on Doncic. He's he's twenty-seven, eight and eight a game. He's got right. the Mavericks in the fifth seed in the West in my this book, year. He's
0: kind of an MVP candidate.
1: He's kind of an MVP candidate. Played a decent amount without his running mate, Christoph Porzingis, this year. Team dealt with, they were one of the teams most heavily affected by COVID. And they still ended up as the fifth seed, much to the sadness of Knicks fans everywhere. Because (laughs) the Knicks have the Mavericks pick in the draft coming up. And when the Mavericks started out slow this year, that was looking delicious for all of us. Right, but it was only a matter of time before they righted that ship. Mm-hmm. Before Luca kicked things into high gear. Plan is right. basically an MVP candidate. He's phenomenal. But he's down on my second team. Um, under Dame as a guard just because of his just more inefficiency, higher turnovers. Oh yeah, and that four point
0: three turnovers really hurts. I think that's the second worst in the league behind Westbrook. And that is, that's 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 not kind uh Company to be in when you're talking turnovers. Yeah, you do not want to be in the same breath as Westbrook in that regard. Right. It's like Westbrook and Trey Young and Luca as the guys to have four or more turnovers this year. And that's Trey Young and Luka right.
1: still intertwined, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right. Trey Young can just never live it down. But yeah, he. I mean, Doncic played 66 games. He put up those numbers. The Mavericks team success. He's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I'll say about him is the negative, the big negative for me is just how consistently he bitches to refs, and as a Uh, third year player like, I get it, you're amazing, you put up monster numbers you're a fantastic player, but your time's gonna come where you're gonna get the respect from the refs, just take it easy, you're fucking 21 years old, you don't need to be crying about every time you get a fingernail touching you
0: he already gets plenty of uh, free throw attempts too Exactly kind of, It's kind of funny how he wants more yeah.
1: Yeah, It's really interesting Yeah So we both have Doncic on the second team Me as a guard You as a forward Right And so you listed off your first guard Right, Beal Beale? And for your right. second guard Who do you have? I got uh
0: the man representing the Nets On my uh, NBA team And that's Kyrie Irving Okay, and that's another difference between us. Right, right. So you don't have either Kyrie or Beal on your uh, second team. Neither are my guards.
1: In fact, both of your second team guards are both of my third team guards. Okay, so we're not too far apart. So they still have honor. No.
0: So, the case for Kyrie, is it speak. It's it all lies in his efficiency. Now, 27 a game, 6 assists... I didn't realize he had five, like, close to five rebounds. That's pretty impressive. He's never been a rebounder. That's like a step in the right direction. Yeah. I guess that team's uh centers really kind of a suck. So.
1: Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just rebound by committee. They don't have anybody gobbling. Right.
0: So his efficiency, I mean, he's he was 50-40-90 this year. He was the only player to be 50-40-90 that qualifies
1: for the league leaders. Sorry, Tony Snell. <laughs> God damn it, dude! Hey, Tony Snell, if you qualified just now, you're all NBA in my books. <laughs> <laughs> if you're less than,
0: and uh, 2.4 turnovers per game—that's so low, so very, very, very low. That's—I mean, it's not as low as uh, Kawhi, but it's in like the same same camp as Chris Paul, which pretty good company when it comes to turnovers mm-hmm. in that
1: Be- in that regard. If you're talking about passing, you want to be in Chris Paul's orbit. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know he's he's not one of those uh, those point guards that takes defensive plays off either. You know he'll he'll try. He's he'll play team defense. He's not great. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to gas Kyrie's uh, defense at all. But there we go. He's a
1: solid team defender.
0: <laughs> it's good enough. Yeah, the the word team really does a lot of the heavy lifting there.
1: <laughs> uh, it does. Uh, yeah, a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> Right. I think I think Nicholas Claxton might have something to say about how good Kyrie's defense is <laughs> when everything's just getting funneled in.
0: So, what's your uh, what's your case against Kyrie? Why why won't you put him on your second team?
1: So, for me, Kyrie drops to the third team just because the guy who I have on my second team, I just think he's a more deserving candidate. And who would that be? So. I have second guard on the second team, Chris Paul, starting oh, point guard for of. your Phoenix Suns. Interesting. was putting up 16 a game this year. That is <laughs> Sorry, sorry, what was that? That is nothing. That's MVP Steve Nash numbers, 16 a game. Ah, oh. oh, grody. 16 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. The numbers... The box score number is not too much to look at. That's never been Chris Paul's game. That's never been any of the reason why he's considered, at one point, the best point guard in the league through his entire career, one of the best point guards in the league. He's just a classic orchestrator. He gets guys in the right Mm -hmm. spots. He tells people what they're supposed to be doing on certain plays He gets guys the ball in their shooting pocket right when they're supposed to have it, right when they're going to the motion. He just sees, I mean, he sees plays that a lot of other guys don't, and he has such a control over the game. That's, I mean, at this point, nearly unmatched. I don't think there's very many
0: players that control the tempo like Chris Paul. No, it's, that's it's him, it's
1: LeBron, it's like mm-hmm. James Harden, basically on offense. And then defensively, Chris Paul is, he's only six feet tall, but he's a fucking pest. Man, he is irritating to play against. He'll get up in your jersey, he'll untie your shoes, he'll he'll whisper your wife's middle name in your ear in the middle of the game. <laughs> like He'll do anything it takes to win. He'll tell the ref about your untucked jersey to get a technical foul. Exactly And so I mean Those raw numbers Not anything really special He's almost a 50-40-90 guy He was 49.9 from the field 39.5 from three And then 93% from the free throw line so. so close And that's one of the real values Of Chris Paul too Which is also a real value of Kyrie Is just how clutch both of those guys are I mean if you oh, foul them, yeah, they both in there they're getting to the line. They're knocking it down. Chris Paul, he'll take you right to that little elbow spot. Quick crossover, fade away in your mouth every single time. Seems like he's never missed that shot in his life. Right. So w-
0: the way I see it, I have Chris Paul on my third team. So we're we're again not too far off. Flip flops, mm-hmm. Kyrie and Chris Paul or Beale or Chris Paul, however you wanna, however you wanna slice it. So the way I see it, without. Chris Paul, the Suns—they were probably still a playoff team this year. Like, let's be real; they—they'd they'd be mid to low, they'd be
1: a mid to low seed. Potentially, I mean, they. This is their first year making the playoffs, and right, but long. they
0: finished the. I can't get their bubble performance out of my head.
1: You know, eight and zero in the bingo. bubble.
0: Came into the season with a ton of momentum. New head coach, new uh, on-court coach. Eight and zero in the bubble
1: with no Kelly Oubre, and then. Decided to trade him after the bubble.
0: Yeah, pretty... We, I mean, the fit was in, there,
1: man. Pretty interesting right there. And Uber is yeah. having a good season for them.
0: Yeah, Bridges and Cam Johnson have just been the wings that they've needed. You know, they play hard defense. Not to say Kelly Uber doesn't play hard defense. But the two wings that they do have, also, hard defense at much better contracts. Bull shooters. Th- yep, knock down the threes that they're supposed to. They got Eaton down there playing above... Average defense and uh, <laughs> getting buck getting buckets when he needs to on uh, smaller centers, but as I was saying, they came into the season with a lot of momentum. But Chris Paul, he's really vaulted them up to be uh, this fifty-one team that they are, and mm. fifty-one wins in a seventy-two game season—that's above a seventy percent win percentage. It's pretty nasty. Yeah, and that's they put themselves into some uh, pretty elite company with that uh, that record of theirs. Um. The NBA champions, the Raptors, in 2018-19, they had a, a 70.7% win percentage. And the year before that, the Warriors, also a 707 win percentage. Mm-hmm. Something's adding up. And the Suns, 708 And that's, I think, in large part because of Chris Paul and the impact he's had. He takes a mid-to-low-tier playoff team and makes them into a
1: championship contender and he exactly he will maximize every bit of potential out of any single team that he's on which regardless of the raw stats that he puts up he just has such an impact whether it's in the locker room on the court just making sure other guys know what they're doing making sure everybody's ready to play and i mean he's he's just consistent he he always gets it done
0: right one thing i do want to say though is uh All this MVP talk surrounding him seems
1: like a little much. Like, people are, of course, taking it a little bit too far. I agree with that, big time. Which, of course, people are going to run with it just because the Suns went from not being in the playoffs to now being the second-best team in the West. But, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And (laughs) when there's a talent pool like this with Chris Mm -hmm. Paul's numbers... That's you can't be mvp at that point. Yeah.
0: Imagine giving the Suns point guard who's averaging 16 points per game the mvp. Uh, imagine.
1: That'd be fucking what? weird. Yeah, that'd be strange. I w- God, I wonder if that's anything like that's ever happened before. No, no, no. The, no his, the voters would never be that dumb. When there's more deserving candidates. God, I wonder. It's really really strange. It feels like there's something. But no, Chris Paul must be the first one ever.
0: Yeah, true. So, the MVP talks, they need to settle down a bit, but second to third team, I think that's fair. That's that's a fair spot for him.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. He's right. he's comfortable for me, comfortably on my second team. I have no qualms. If you want to you have him second team, you want to drop him down. I don't think he could be the first team guard, though.
0: Right. So, I haven't mentioned Kawhi Leonard on my list yet. And that's because mm-hmm. he's my other second team forward. I mean... You've already sung his praises, putting him on your first team. I can't see him being any lower than second. You know?
1: nobody, nobody wants me to sing again
0: either. So, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> so I've him as my second, second team forward, along with Luka Donc-
1: Doncic. Who do you have? All as right. Your so on your second we have team? two different. So we have. An entirely different second team if you're just talking guards and forwards and center slots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Luca's the only one who's on uh, both of our teams, and he's at
1: different positions. Mm Mm-hmm. So my two forwards are... Let me just... Let me get the one out of the way first that's... I'm not going to talk too much about it. Jimmy Butler. We know (laughs) how good Jimmy Butler is. Went to the finals last year. Took a... I mean, actually a very solid Heat team. Like, they play very, very well as a team. They're always well coached with their exposure. but Jimmy was their number one guy by far. Continued it this season. He was out for a little while with injuries. Played 52 games, but averaged
0: 21-7-7. Right, so he played just about as much as Kawhi this season.
1: About as much as Kawhi. Uh, one game more than Embiid. He, yeah, 21 7 and 7 He's got a case. I mean, he has a case to be as high as first team with as good as he was. I for some people, really? I don't personally see it. I mean, with that amount of games played and the fact that he shoots like fucking twenty percent from the three point line.
0: Yeah, man, he's just not reliable enough of a scorer for me to be on the first mm-hmm. team, or I guess even on the second team. Some of them on my second team. He's down on my third though. I got him off. He's been amazing.
1: Co- can't leave him off he I mean he's never been that big of a score 21 points per game is not that much but he impacts in the kind of the same way that Chris Paul impacts the game Jimmy Butler kind of hits it in all facets he's the right. fact that he's up to like seven assists a game as a playmaker for him his development that's pretty unbelievable because yeah a coming into stuff. the league I mean coming into the league he was so raw and I don't think he was any sort of passer or playmaker. Like,
0: right, the, the sort of impact he makes, the numbers don't speak for. You know, he's yeah. a motivator. He gets the other t- guys on his team to his into his headspace. As long as they're the right guys, a la the Timberwolves, and um, <laughs> he just makes a whole team want to win. He get he he's someone who players want to play with and play for and rally, uh, rally around. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's just, honestly amazing. he's just a fantastic leader. I watched him do unspeakable things to my Boston Celtics <laughs> last year in the playoffs. <laughs> just he just made Jason Tatum look like a little baby boy,
1: and oh. yeah, he just he fucking wrapped the diaper right on up.
0: Yeah, he put him in a diaper, stuffed him in a locker, gave him a swirly, took his lunch money, whatever he wants, whatever you want to call it. That's right. So, so, um, go, jo- so go join Deuce over there. On that run to the NBA Finals, he hit every big shot that you knew that Jason
1: Tatum wasn't going to hit. <laughs> and A lot of Jason Tatum slander. Neither of us have him on any of our teams. That's right, Jason Tatum. He's uh,
0: he's off my team, and he's not even the next next guy up, or even the second next guy up. I I'm just so disappointed in how the Celtics have performed this year. I mean, it's it's weird to say because. Jalen Brown is obviously taking a massive step forward. Robert Williams has taken a massive step forward. Jason Tatum, statistically, is playing as well, if not better, than last year. Mm-hmm. And they just can't seem to put it all together. They can't figure out how to win
1: games. No, they just... Which is... They don't play like a team, unfortunately. They, they're right. just, they have talented guys... They can put up numbers and they can get buckets, but nobody is really there making anybody else better at this point. And they can't blame it on Kyrie this time. You can't blame it on Kyrie. So I wonder who the axe is going to fall on for the Celtics this year. Yeah, it might have to be my
0: guy Kemba. I mean, he's been such a disappointment. Booty. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's been... I don't think he's healthy. I'll, I'll make an excuse for him. He doesn't seem like he's 100%. He has an all-season.
1: I'll agree with you there. I don't think he's healthy either. I don't think Kemba would be this bad if he was healthy. Is he at an age where he can bounce back? I mean, that's yet to be seen. That's the thing. And as right. a small point guard, six like five eleven, six feet, it's real tough.
0: Right. So anyway, of course we had to get sidetracked by the, uh, the local team, the Boston Celtics, a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But let's
1: i think we're about to talk about the other local team a little bit now another uh local team another favorite of this podcast if i know you like i know you i know who this guy's gonna be (sighs) all right spoiler alert it is julius randall orange julius baby orange julius starting power forward of your new york knicks He's putting up twenty four points, ten rebounds, six assists a game this year. The Absurd six numbers. assists the six assists is fucking out of control. I mean, Julius Randle before this year was an absolute black hole of a player. Just if the ball was in his orbit, it was getting sucked in, he was shooting the shot, he was probably putting his head down, barreling into three guys, and tossing up a fucking ridiculous shot. And he's talented enough that a lot of those shots would still go in. Because he's always been a pretty solid are. scorer. But mm-hmm. this year, I mean, 26 years old, his decision-making has developed unbelievably. Last year, with the, it's his second year with the Knicks. Last year, averaged 3.1 assists per game. This year, he's up to six. So, essentially, doubled his assists. The only explanation
0: is that he was abducted by aliens. And replaced by someone who actually knows how to play basketball well. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's amazing. He shot forty-one percent from three, with 41% six assists. From who would have three. seen that coming from Julius Randle before this year? It's by far the biggest surprise. He's the front runner for most improved player by a landslide. Easily. It's amazing. He's my third team. He's on my third team. Him and Jimmy Butler are my third team. Third team forwards
1: and. Uh, let me tell you what yeah. Julius Randle shot from three last year. Twenty seven percent on three and three point six attempts per game this year. Forty one. Forty one on five and a half attempts. Just letting it fly. Splashing on motherfuckers. He's getting the ball at the end of the game. Every single game for the Knicks. He's unleashing step back elbow jumpers that just like, it looks ridiculous. And when you think of Julius Randle doing it, you just you have the past history of Julius Randle. It's like, what a ridiculous shot. That's not going to go in this guy. Like, all this guy does is put his head down, barrel, and make layups. Just splashing jumpers from everywhere this year. Playing great defense. Putting the Knicks on his back. Coming from no playoffs since 2013. We go, win projections this year set it. Over under 22 and a half Or something like that Well what does Julius Randle have to say About it The Knicks are going to win 41 games Almost doubles those projections mm-hmm. We make the 4 seed We're in the top half of the playoff picture For the Eastern Conference Thanks and for a, a tiebreaker over the Hawks Thanks to a tiebreaker over the Hawks Who we've beat in the season series This year 3 nothing. Come fucking get us in the playoffs Hawks we're not afraid. We got Julius Randle. He's second team All NBA. That's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I second all of that except for a third team NBA All NBA. <laughs> 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 well, then I guess you third all of that. Yeah, sorry. I think that
1: uh, Luca and Kawhi are better. I as players, I can't disagree that Luca and Kawhi are better than Julius Randle. Right. It's. I mean. Uh, again, I have Luca as a forward. As positional designations, I got Luca in at my point guard, and in my heart, if I uh, was staying true to that, Julius Randle would be first team. So I'm actually <laughs> penalizing him by putting him on the second team. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'll take I'll take the hit for the safety <laughs> of the sport.
0: All right, so uh, second team center, you must have Joel Embiid. There's. I mean, he wasn't on your first team somehow. Too easy. So you have to stick him down here on your. You have to stick him down in the uh <laughs> the, on the ground
1: floor, here on the second team. Somehow couldn't couldn't roll with the twin towers lineup for me. Unfortunately, this isn't the '80s Rockets. But yeah, Joel Embiid is my third team center. Second no team surprise center. there. And you had Joel Embiid. I, was gonna say, I mean, hold yeah, Joel up. Embiid, second team center. No <laughs> surprise there. Say no surprise. So, who is so my, second my second team, team center? center? Is
0: not Rudy Gobert, it is Bam Adebayo.
1: What, what? Uh, the slander hating, hating on him very, Gobert. very,
0: very blatantly. I will hate him
1: until the day he retires. It is confirmed, Sean Janice, not a fan of. I French didn't say people. that, <laughs> dare we say it. <laughs> All right, Mr. Rudy Gobert. Not I love Tony Parker. Okay. Uh, here's my one question: Do you have a French player on your second team? No.
0: But, bam! I mean, 18.7 points per game. That's nothing to scoff at as a center. You know, playing, uh, playing second, uh, second star to Jimmy. Zero scoffing here. No, no scoffing to be had. 9 rebounds, respectable solid. He's a 6-9 center. He's not going to get to double digits maybe someday, but not but not today.
1: Weird. You said second to Jimmy. Second best player on his own team, and I don't see Jimmy on your second team.
0: The center competition is a lot less deep than the than, than the forward.
1: Just put him at power forward. It's easy, dude. You do with anybody. Well, he's not better than Luka or Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Anyway, bam.
0: One thing that I love about this guy's game is his playmaking. 5.4 assists. This man, you feed him the ball in the high post, anything can happen. He can turn around, hit a mid-range jumper. He shot 42.4% on three mid-range jumpers per game this season. Very good. That's something that Rudy Gobert doesn't have, that ability to knock down that mid-range jumper from the high post. He can... Also,
1: Also the passing.
0: Right? He can dish it to... A cutter, he can dish it to a shooter. he can dish it to pretty much anybody and uh, put him in a good position to score. It's pretty amazing. He can dish it
1: to the best. He can dish it to the best
0: player on his own team if he that's wanted right. to. And uh, that's something that Rudy Gobert doesn't quite have. Gobert, uh, a whopping 1.3 assists per game this season. He's uh, <laughs> if he gets the ball, he's uh, he must be right under the basket and throwing it up there because that's about the only thing he does on offense is uh, layups and dunks.
1: That's about it.
0: Meanwhile, Bam, I mean, 57% from the field. He's a center. He's going to shoot a high percentage, but that he's, he's doing it with almost 19 points per game. That's pretty
1: great. And he takes some mid-range shots and everything, so he's taking some tougher looks.
0: Right, he's stepping out. He's not quite hitting threes, but his offense isn't one-dimensional. And the defensive impact he makes is, it's not quite at Rudy Gobert's level, but he's an anchor, man. And... Unlike Gobert, he can uh, defend the perimeter pretty well. He can really move his feet. He's a sneaky quick for a big fella. You know what I'm saying? I would agree. Light on his toes, an agile man. Yeah. So I just when I look at the pros and the cons, I just see so many more pros for Bam than I see for uh, for Gobert. For Gobert, it's more of he does the things he does well at a very elite level, and that's dunking and blocking shots, and I guess rebounding. <laughs> Bam, he does uh, a lot of things very well, and I think that's more valuable to to a team.
1: So, I've got the other side of it, and you could just ask the Utah Jazz what they think is more valuable to a team. Would you rather be first in the Western Conference or sixth in the Eastern Conference? Uh, Rudy Gobert has been their most consistent player all season, played 71 games out of 72, Average 30 minutes a game, um, 14 points, Taking a lot 13 of rest and there. a half.
0: Eh. Taking a lot, of, a lot of rest there.
1: Hey, when you just dominate that hard.
0: I mean, Bam played 40 less minutes
1: in seven less games. Hey, when you're just that comfortably in the lead, when you've been locking down all game like that, you don't have to try as hard at the end. All game? <laughs> try. <laughs> all game. All all, uh, what, two-thirds of the game? So, 14 points, 13.5 rebounds per game for Rudy Gobert. 67.5% from the field. You touched on it. Most of what he does on offense, it's layups and dunks. But that's the role that he's assigned. That's the role that he's assigned. The main thing he does on the court is just absolutely locks up on the defensive end. And... He's the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year yet again this year. Has he won the award twice so far? It's either once or twice. I I'm pretty sure. so.
0: Because I heard that yeah. he'd be in uh, some pretty crazy company as a three-time winner if he were to win this year.
1: Mm, so most likely going to be most likely going to be in that company. He's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year again. Blocks two point seven shots a game. I mean, shot blocking can be overrated. In some mm-hmm. some ways, if you're a guy who's just chasing blocks, but right. everybody so, knows Rudy Gobert isn't a guy that's just chasing blocks since he anchors no, he's a very solid, solid shots at defensive the rim team all,
0: all the time. The yeah, thing,
1: constantly.
0: The thing about his defense is that he has a weakness. Like when I think of the greatest defenders, it's guys who can step out on the perimeter, like Kawhi Leonard, Ben Simmons. Guys who can go out there, chase shooters, stay in front of guys, and also protect the rim. Like Bam Adebayo. That's something that Gobert doesn't quite bring to the table. You know, you, you get him on a bad switch, you play small ball against him, stretch the floor out, and his great defense, his great rim protections really moot. And that's something that the Jazz
1: are going to have to figure out how to deal with in the in the playoffs. They certainly will, because they have flamed out in the playoffs in a lot of years past at this point, partly because of the fact that it's tough for Gobert to step out on perimeter guys like Steph Curry when Steph just puts him in the blender and fucking spins him around three times and hits a three (laughs) in his eye. But I think at this point, he's gotten at least a little bit better at stepping out, gotten more comfortable, gotten more disciplined in that regard. I mean, he has... His wingspan is like a pterodactyl, so...
0: <laughs> Something like seven foot it, seven, I think.
1: It's, it's crazy. So even if he is a little bit slower, like, the recovery, the ability to just be able to reach back, and if a guy's going by him, still be able to contest the shot, still be able to swat it sometimes, even if the guy slips by. I mean, he's... He's really, really good at the things that he's good at. Mm. And... Bam is definitely more of like a smorgasbord type player. You're getting you're getting a little bit of everything with him. You're you're getting the apps, you're getting the entrees, you're getting a little bit of dessert. It's a really good it's smorgasbord like, though. There's some tasty stuff going on. It's like oh, yeah. a it's like a little wedding rollout right there. You got like the bacon wrapped scallops. Huh. You got like a little prime rib. Like he brings a little bit of everything, but it's like Gobert's got two main dishes that he's phenomenal at cooking and. He sticks with those, and he doesn't miss with him.
0: Yeah, well, two things: so. that Colbert doesn't
1: do are dish or cook. So, <laughs> I mean, I just don't know why you hate French people so much. Regardless, he's <laughs> my
0: third. He's my third team center, and I think he's yours too.
1: He is my second team center.
0: <laughs> no, because Embiid is.
1: Oh yeah, he's my third team center. You're That's right. right.
0: <laughs> so we both th- we agree that he's the third team center, but.
1: So we do agree. Yeah, the only thing is that Bam is left off of my ballot. That's excusable, I guess. I mean. Which, it's stiff competition. The thing is, i got to reward somebody from the Jazz, and Rudy Gobert has been their most consistent guy all season for the team with the best record in the league. Right.
0: So instead of uh, moving him up into one of the first two teams, I have Gobert down there on the third team. And my way of rewarding the uh, the best record in the NBA is I have Donovan Mitchell as my uh, third team guard. He's uh, rounding out my list as the only guy that uh, I haven't talked about yet because I have Chris Paul, Butler, Randall, and Gobert on my third team. So Mitchell, he, uh, he really carries the offense for that team. Everything that Gobert lacks on the offensive end, Mitchell is able to make up for and get them to that that level, that uh, that best team in the league level that can carry a team in a playoff series. You know, we saw him and Jamal Murray just have a, a legendary battle last year a in the playoffs. A fucking
1: duel last year in the
0: first round. It's It was one of the best 1v1s that I've ever seen on a basketball court. Those two guys were just going at each other.
1: One of the best first-round series you'll ever see.
0: Yeah, Mitchell can give it to you in a... Mary out of ways In 26.4 points per game that's a lot that's the same number as Jason Tatum uh, just below Kyrie that's a, that's a lot of fucking points 5.2 points. assists that's solid that's a good number of assists that's as many as Paul George Kawhi Leonard slightly less than Giannis who we know is such a gifted passer um, not a great rebounder I'm just gonna gloss over that um, for a
1: game for a guard, though, you know that's pretty. That's fine.
0: Yeah, that's like Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, he's not getting. He's not getting nothing.
0: Right. Two point eight turnovers a game. Solid. That's a low number. We like that. We like to see that. Mhm. It's less than Dame. Where? Uh, what really hurts his case though are his uh, shooting splits. Under forty four percent from the field. Under thirty nine percent from three. I mean thirty eight point six. That's a good three point percentage. I'll take that any day of the week. But it's that feeble mm-hmm. percentage that
1: really hurts his case. And on the attempts that he takes, almost nine attempts per game from three. Right. I mean,
0: I'll take that. That's a lot. That's that's good three-point shooting. But, yeah. I mean, I guess he's just taking a lot of bad twos because, I mean, 43.8%. That's the lowest uh, field goal percentage on my ballot by yeah. over one percentage point. That's pretty bad. But he's relied on to shoulder a lot of the offensive burden on that Jazz team. Like, he's... He gets a little bit of help from guys like Conley and Clarkson, you know. Joe Ingles, he can make some plays here and there. But he's got to make up for the enormous minus that Gobert is on the offensive end.
1: (laughs) Alright, this guy shoots 67% from the field and averages almost 15 a game. That's not a minus.
0: You don't have to guard him if he's not right under the basket.
1: But you have to guard him under the basket. You got to keep somebody there, or else he's yamming everything in sight. A lob threat, still, a, still a huge threat. Any NBA player is
0: scoring right under the basket if they're left open. Not everybody. If anything, Mitchell's ability to make plays and score in all these different ways gets Gobert these dives, these open dives to the rim. You know, if it if it wasn't for like a, a player like Mitchell to unlock. The game for Gobert, he would uh, he would be the zero
1: on the offensive end. That I'm trying to make him out to be. I mean, if he wasn't, if there wasn't for such a savvy screener like Gobert, oh my god, be a lot tougher for Jonathan Mitchell to be getting these open looks we're not, that he's still we're not, shooting forty three percent from the field. We're not on. doing screen assists. That's not happening. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> but man's does set some good screens. He set some screens. He sets some good screens. He sets my kind of screens, dude. Stick the elbows out, try and catch somebody on the way by. Yeah, dude. A little cheap shot every now and then. Yeah, dude.
0: If I see your balls out, I'm hitting them. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you don't have Mitchell, who do you have?
1: Which I do not. Right. So, your second team guards were Kyrie and Bradley Beal. Yep. Those are my third team guards. Right. Already talked about them We can move on I have Gobert as my third team center I already talked about him We can move on My two forwards I have Paul George and Zion Williamson
0: Ah, the two guys I snubbed I felt really bad about snubbing both of them Mm -hmm. I just, I had to have I had to have two guys from the Jazz And I had to have their offense And I had to have their defense So Make the case for Zion for me I want to hear it Make the case for a guy who's not even in the play-in tournament Go
1: for Zion, not even in the playing tournament. I would say the reason he's not in the playing tournament, I don't want to really blame it on the team, but. There's a lot of talent on that team. Why didn't they win games? Fairly constricted on that team. Uh, I mean, decent amount of talent. It's him and Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram was an all star last year. Brandon Ingram's unbelievable. I love Brandon Ingram. Uh, I think he's, yeah, he's an all-star. He's a fantastic player. Zion's a fantastic player. The fit around them, they had Stephen Adams starting at center, guy who can't shoot the ball past two feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's insane. They had Eric Bledsoe who the Bucks had been trying to get rid of for years oh and finally swindled the fucking Pelicans into taking him. It's
0: crazy how bad they swin- swindled them. It's like the, the king with the invisible clothes, you know what I'm talking about? That old story?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. They just said, yeah, here you go, Pelicans. Take Bloodstone and his big bag of bricks. <laughs> fucking have a blast with him. Build a house. Do something. Just don't put him on a basketball court. Instead, they put him as their starting point guard, along with Lonzo Ball, who had a better shooting year this year, has never been known as a three-point shooter.
0: I think we can agree that this was Lonzo's best season to date. Best season, for sure. I I don't understand how Lonzo can take such a massive step. Ingram can basically turn in the same performance, or close to the same performance as his all-star campaign. And Zion can just be this all-NBA
1: third-team player. <laughs>
0: and the Pelicans
1: absolutely unreal transcendent talent.
0: And the Pelicans finish 31 and 41. Like how does that happen?
1: So, Pelicans 31 and 41 playing in the Western Conference. Wizards 34 and 38. Pelicans got 3 less wins than the Wizards in a tougher conference. They lost an unbelievable amount of close games this year, which I watched one of the close games that was against the Knicks where they gave up just a wide-open three to Reggie Bullock, who's a good three-point shooter, right at the end of the game. Seems like they had little-to-no game planning with Stan Van Gundy. Seems like maybe they were just revolting against the coach and not listening to him at some different points, too, which that could be the case, but... The roster construction is pretty poor. Lonzo did have his best year. I mean, still not even as good as his brother who's a rookie. Ingram had another all star caliber season. Zion had all star all NBA caliber season. But All-star. you can just ask you can just ask the Celtics how that works when you have two guys having that great of a season and yet still really don't win shit. It seems pretty Boston esque. Fairly Boston-esque, just in a tougher conference. But
0: they managed to finish 500. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Zion's numbers, pretty unassailable. 27 points a game, 7 rebounds a game, 3.7 assists, two only 2.7 turnovers, which, I mean, 3.7 assists, not a lot.
0: Yeah, especially for as much as uh, he's been running the running the show around the perimeter out there, like... He's been the ball handler on a lot of pick and rolls.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, this is his second year. He played 24 games last year. Really still getting his feet under him and averaged 27 a game on 61% shooting. Yeah, he's basically played one NBA season, 85 games. Yeah, it's just... It took them a while to fully unlock him. They probably got to, like, near halfway through the season before they started the whole kind of point perimeter Zion thing. If he had been... Just playing that position the whole season long, I mean, he probably would have been right around 30 a game. He's absolutely unstoppable when he gets to the basket. Like, every single player in the league bounces off of him. If if I was there under the basket, I would be fucking pancaked and in the hospital in critical condition if I tried to take a charge or block Zion. He's absolutely unstoppable. And the team success or lack of team success does definitely hurt him. But from this season I will remember how unbelievably unstoppable Zion was. Mm-hmm. And having the twenty seven points a game, such high efficiency to match up with it. It's enough for me to give it to him and reward him.
0: Right, he was he was amazing and I, I do feel bad leaving him off my team. But yeah, he's just kind of a he's not quite there on the defensive end. Like I understand He's playing to try not to get hurt. You know, he's he's relied so much on the offensive end. But at some point, you have to be able to turn it on. When you're that much of a freak of an athlete and block some shots, get more rebounds, put your body on somebody, you know? The unlocked potential on the defensive end really does it for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be able to make space for him if he was playing both ways. Or if the team, I guess it's more that the team sucked. I would I don't agree with have that. Any players who aren't on at least
1: a play-in team on my ballot. Zion's the only one that I have. It's just he made such an impression on me this entire season. Which the amount of Pelicans games that I watched, that I would see Zion in the game, absolutely bulldozing every single person that got in his way and scoring. And then as soon as he's out of the game. The team is just getting trounced and just falling apart every single second. Like He he made enough of an impression on me where I can ignore the team's success a little bit. I mean, his box plus minus, which still isn't, I mean, that's not like a super reliable stat or anything like that. But he was still, he was plus five and a half, so.
0: That's good considering how bad
1: the team was considering teams not even 500 not even playing the fact that they're 5 plus 5 points per game with him in the game pretty right. solid
0: all right so make the case for Paul George the other guy i left off
1: and Paul George he it was him and Zion were definitely the last two on my ballot mm-hmm. it's tough to leave some tough to leave some other guys off who we'll talk about afterwards right. but Paul George had yet again really solid regular season we'll see what he can do in the playoffs but he was 23 a game 6 rebounds, 5.2 assists, which surprised me, that's a career high for him by a full assist, his career high before that was 4.1, right. so him and Kawhi both really stepping up their playmaking this yeah, year. I
0: mean I guess the team's lack of a reliable point guard really uh, necessity breeds invention, you know and they had to, they had to invent mm-hmm.
1: some uh, creative ways to make plays. Yeah, and not all guys can step up to the plate like that. He did it this year, 5.2 assists per game. He was still his really solid defending self, him and Kawhi, two of the best wing defenders in the game. Paul George was 41% from three on 7.7 attempts per game, so just splashing threes down. Uh, and the Clippers... They were top four team in the West this year amidst, even with Paul George playing 54 games, Kawhi only playing 52 games, they still ended up being the number four team in the West just by how good those two guys were in every single game that they played.
0: All right, so um, let's get to the snubs a little bit here. Snub season. Snub season. The guys that both of us happen to snub. We've already talked about one of them, that's Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't
1: feel like that's a big snub, truthfully. No, it's just,
0: it's disappointing, man. He's got so much
1: potential. He should be so good.
0: He is so good, but he just can't win the big games, man. He can't in close games. You can't count on him down the stretch. Like you can count on some of these other guys to get you buckets. It's like the the offense just stagnates around him, and it seems like Brad Stevens just says, "Hey, Jason, go do your thing," and Jason's like, "I don't really have a thing." And bricks a sidestep three-pointer Almost every single say, time
1: Tatum's thing is just to do a sidestep Or step-back three-pointer And then it's either that goes in And he looks like the man and they win the game Or most often Like that's just a brick And
0: it's that goofy move that LeBron gets LeBron gets clowned for doing that move all the time On Twitter Just yep. looking him up and down Taking a sidestep and shooting a three I mean Seems to work for LeBron Tatum <laughs> Debatably a better shooter But just can't figure it out He's gotta He's gotta find other ways to get it done To to win the g- team games If he's gonna be the guy
1: He's gotta figure out how to win games
0: You know mm-hmm.
1: He's gotta figure out how to make other guys better too Right You can't just be this nasty scorer Which we know he's a nasty scorer He can get, he can get buckets from anywhere He does hit those sidestep threes But he's not a guy that's he's not leading the team he's not like the Jimmy Butler put the like everybody get on my level we're in this together like Jason Tatum is I'm going to go out and get buckets if we win or we lose I'm still going to get buckets that's what it seems like at this point
0: right uh, another snub we should mention is Zach Levine he's just this supernova scorer you know 27 a game he's always been or he has been for the last two years, at least. But this year, he's doing it efficiently. He's he's mm-hmm. he's taking all the criticism from the basketball nerds, and he's saying, oh, yeah, well, watch this. And he went out there, he shot 50%, 41% from three. He'd be 50, or 90 if he was a little bit better of a three-point shooter. I mean, a free, free throw, throw shooter. Sorry. Here. And he, he kicked up the play making a notch. You know, five
1: assists. I mean, he's, he's a guard. It could be better, but... He's a scorer. Yeah, twenty. I mean, if you're averaging five assists and you're averaging twenty-seven a game, like five yeah, assists awesome. is plenty. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, that's he's diet Bradley Beal this season. Seems like better three-point mm-hmm. shooter. <laughs> but the the Bulls are just a dumpster fire, man. I mean, they acquired Vucevic at the deadline to try to make this playing game push, and they just come up short. Came up two games behind the uh, the Hornets in the standings.
1: Yeah, that's crusty. When the Hornets were missing LaMelo for how long? Gordon Hayward for how long? Mm-hmm. And there, is their starting center still Cody Zeller?
0: Yeah, but they play P.J. Washington <laughs> at the center a lot.
1: <laughs> Christ.
0: Yeah. But uh, maybe less. Maybe next year, Livian. Maybe if uh can lead your team to the
1: playoffs, we'll see. I hope so. As a fellow Zach, I hate to do it to him, but unfortunately, he doesn't make the cut this year. Uh,
0: how do you feel about Russell Westbrook?
1: <sighs> Probably like most people, mixed feelings about Russell Westbrook. You, you gotta love how hard he plays. You Also, if you're a right. fucking numbers guy, which I'd love to just look <laughs> into these box scores and just see who's putting up crazy numbers, Russell Westbrook always <laughs> does it to you when he's has games like 27 20 assists and like 16 rebounds or something it's just it's yeah. fun to see uh unfortunately he really started to come on too late in the season to really make an all nba mm-hmm. bid he
0: was a he was a must-have in DraftKings the last two months it's, it was insane the things he was doing in the box score
1: the numbers oh. going up day in day out consistently consistently fantasy basketball russell westbrook is the fucking king But I mean, this is real life. This is real life. He's forty-three percent from the field. He's thirty-one from three. He's as a point guard, he's sixty-five percent from the free throw line, which is really, really crusty. Leads the league in turnovers. He constantly takes reckless shots. And you
0: have to think if that style of play was really uh, contributing to winning basketball, that having him. And Bradley Beal with 31 points per game, that that would have the Wizards at better than eighth in the East. You would no. think that would get it done. It just—he's proved time and time again that even if he's putting up these numbers, it doesn't exactly translate
1: to winning basketball games. Exactly. Which is unfortunate, and that's why I don't feel bad about leaving him off my all All NBA. Yeah, balance. and Russell Westbrook is an all-time amazing player, but he's he's not right. making the All NBA this season. That's right. Um, anyone else that you think was snubbed that we deserve to talk about? Yeah, I just think we should give Devin Booker a little shout-out. He's 25-4-4 right, and four this year. He put up pretty solid percentages. Uh, his three-point percentage wasn't where you'd expect it to be for a guy that, like, every time the ball comes out of his hands, he looks like he's a fucking knockdown shooter, and it looks like it's going to be drippy. He just has a pure stroke. He's a scorer. He gets it done from everywhere. At this point, he might be the best player on the Suns. Chris Paul has more of an impact and really gets the job done, but Booker, he gets buckets, he competes on the defensive end, he's a competitor, and he went from having the ball in his hands pretty much all the time out of necessity for the Suns to having to transition over and play off-ball and kind of take a big sacrifice and you know, just touches and usage and he handled that tremendously Mm -hmm. with helping them get to the number two seed in the West, so... I right. think he's right on he's right on the edge but he just doesn't make it this year unfortunately for him. Yeah,
0: it's tough. I mean, if he added something else to his game other than scoring, maybe, yeah. or if he just became one of the premier scorers in the league, like he's obviously an elite scorer, but he's not quite in that Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Bradley
1: Beal no. Kyrie Irving. He'd have to up sure. his efficiency. That's the real thing for him.
0: If right. you're just going to be
1: scoring like that, you have to be putting up like Kyrie 50, 40, 90.
0: And uh, I think one more guy that deserves to be mentioned is Trey Young. I mean,
1: and that's you, that's you and you alone, brother.
0: Hey, the Hawks seemingly out of nowhere came up with a 41 and 31 record. Trey Young played most of the season, like three games. Yep. Yeah, 0-3 against the Knicks, I guess. And uh, you know, 25 points. 9.4 assists, second most assists in the league and uh, the rest of this uh, the, the rest of the box score doesn't look great <laughs> one, four turnovers, third worst in the league, we mentioned that a bit earlier, 43.8% from the field, that's not great 34% from three now, for, as someone who was crowned the next Steph Curry, that's uh, it's pretty bad pretty far off yeah so, uh, very talented playmaker. He, he, can, he can score. He can really score, but he's a massive zero on defense. I'll
1: say, eye test shows he's probably the worst defensive player that I've ever seen in any basketball court in my entire life.
0: He can't guard anybody. No. But I think he deserves to be mentioned because of his statistical performance, his team's performance. He's obviously the best player on that team. But other guys have stepped up, like Clint Capella. John Collins has had a, a pretty nice little season here. Bogdanovich
1: really got hot when Trey went down, and then just kept it going when Trey got back. That's
0: right. Yeah, they were when when Trey went down there for a bit. It looked bad for the Hawks. It looked like they could have fallen down into the play-in tournament or even out of playoff contention. But
1: Bogdanovich really uh, picked up the slack. Yeah, road. it was weird. Trey went down, and not much happened. <laughs> I guess that's Team success-wise, I mean, not too much happens.
0: He's pretty far down there on my list of snubs. but Yeah.
1: But 25-9, and nine, nothing also, you know, nothing to sneeze at.
0: So I think we need to do a little bit of explaining about uh, how we left the two Jameses off our ballot. That's uh, LeBron James and James Harden. Mm.
1: And it's very, very simple.
0: They just didn't play enough.
1: Didn't play enough.
0: You, you got to play the games. I mean, Harden only 44 games, LeBron 45. They both averaged around 25 points per game. Harden with a staggering 11 assists. Unreal. Not sure if he'll qualify as a league leader, but that would be good for second in the league. If he doesn't qualify, then I'm right about Trey being second in the league. (laughs) Um, 8.5 rebounds, awesome. Great great numbers. I mean, 25, 11, and and 8.5, that's fucking remarkable from James Harden. Only four turnovers, kind of a lot, but when you're getting 11 assists, I guess you can get away with it. Uh, LeBron? What 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 is there to say about LeBron James? There's nothing else to
1: say. You just say LeBron James, everybody knows what's going on. It's LeBron James.
0: He was having a special year. He was having a really special season up until he got hurt on both ends of the floor. You know, twenty five a game. Twenty five, eight, and eight. It's LeBron. You know, you're gonna get twenty five, eight and eight. In his sleep. Like clockwork. Yep, shot over fifty percent from the field. Shot thirty six and a half percent from three. It's solid, solid for LeBron, you know. You just didn't play enough. You you got to... If you're going to have this impact on the game, you have to be on the floor to actually make that impact. It's as
1: simple as that.
0: And it's not their fault they got injured, but it's also not my fault.
1: Exactly. And we can't be expected to put them on. If...
0: Right. And then other guys like AD and KD, they played even less. They're not even worth... I was going to say,
1: if, if KD, Harden, and LeBron had all played the requisite number of games, those guys would all be... I mean, they'd probably be all NBA first right, team. Right, of course. But, they didn't play the game, yeah. so...
0: Right, AD played exactly half of the games. KD played even less. It's sad to leave these guys off the All-NBA teams. I mean, these are four guys who are going to be thinking about their legacies. Mm-hmm. But just didn't do it this year. Hey That's man. okay.
1: We're not simps, dude. We make the tough calls.
0: I mean, they're, those four players are on the two teams that are... Vegas favorites to win the championship this year so they can improve their legacies in other ways
1: (laughs) yeah odds are they're coming away with something
0: (laughs) right alright so those are all NBA teams to recap I had Steph, Dame, Giannis, Embiid and Jokic on my first team Kyrie Beal, Luka, Kawhi and Bam on my second and then Chris Paul Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler Julius Randle and Rudy Gobert on my third now Zach uh Bang, Give listeners a
1: rundown of yours. Now for the correct all-NBA teams. I had Steph, Dame, Giannis, Kawhi, Jokic, first team, second team, Luca, Chris Paul, Jimmy Buckets, uh, New York's heart and soul, Julius Randle, and Joel Embiid. And third team, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Paul George, Zion Williamson, and Rudy Gobert.
0: Not bad. We had... Quite a bit of parody, but also some uh, fundamental disagreements. Yeah, a lot of um, differences
1: to keep it interesting.
0: Right. All in all, we had 13 of 15 players the same. The two players that were different were you had uh, Paul George and uh, Zion and yours, and I had Mitchell and Bam on mine, and the the positional flexibility allowed for that. Mm-hmm. So,
1: NBA, this is your fault.
0: That's right. So, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the play tournament. Hi, this is Sean from the Balls Out podcast. If you like what you're listening to and would like to hear your product or service advertised here, please reach out to me at janosballsout at gmail.com. That's spelled J-A-N-O-S ballsout at gmail.com thank you for listening and keep on balling out
1: alright and we're back from that short little commercial break advertisement courtesy of the lovely one and only Sean Janus
0: that's right please give us money
1: please, <laughs> please feed us, give us money.
0: <laughs> give us money and we'll read anything on this podcast please literally
1: <laughs> anything you can Venmo us a dollar and <laughs> anything you want us to say, we'll do it <laughs> in place of that. Absolutely. So let's just break down how the actual play-in tournament works this year uh, before we get into the teams that are going to be playing in it. The, it's different from how last years went. So the 7 to 10 seeds this year are going to be in the play-in tournament. The 7 and 8 seed will play each other, and the 9 and 10 seed will play each other. The winner of the 9 and 10 will play the loser of the 7 and 8. So, right. And the winner of the 7 and 8 gets the 7 seed out, right? Yep. And okay. then the loser of that matchup of the 7 and 8 would play the winner of the 9 and 10. Whoever wins that game will get the 8 seed. So, gotcha. the 9 and 10 essentially... The only advantage that you get in the 9-10 matchup is you get home court against the 10th seed if you're the 9.
0: Gotcha. All right, so let's get to the play-in games.
1: Back at it. Play-in time.
0: So we should start with um, the most interesting one here, and the the headliner here is obviously LeBron versus Steph, Lakers and Warriors.
1: Really? You don't want to talk about uh, Indiana-Charlotte first, huh? Oh, shit. I forgot, that one's definitely the headliner Pretty hype game right there Yeah, dude, Sabonis
0: versus fucking Terry Rozier
1: Ugh, Like, dude, there's a chance Gordon Hayward might play? Come on wow. How I don't think
0: I don't think white supremacists are ready for that Sabonis-Gordon Hayward matchup
1: <laughs> Oh, I think they're ready <laughs> <laughs> I think they're so ready It's
0: what they've been waiting for since the
1: 50s <laughs> <laughs> Exactly
0: like, this guy looks a lot like George Michael
1: out there. <laughs> do you see the fundamentals, guys?
0: <laughs> None of that flashy dribbling and uh, dunking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how you properly execute a screen and roll.
0: Ah, oh, the screen and roll. They got. Yeah. They got to get hip to it. They got to start calling up the yeet and skeet like we do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah don't say we that's that's you (laughs) i'll
0: gladly own that
1: (laughs) you can can have it
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so anyway lakers warriors when the season began i don't think anyone saw this coming as a play-in matchup when uh we heard that the play-in tournament was going to be in this format we all thought lakers were going to run away with uh another top seed and uh the Warriors with Clay Thompson, we're gonna be somewhere up there in the mix as well. But mm-hmm. but here we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for the Warriors, season didn't even tip off yet. Clay Thompson goes down with yet another season-ending injury. So that's two so seasons sad, in the middle of the prime of his career taken away from him. Quite unfortunate. R.I.P. Clay Thompson, I feel for you. I hope right. you're smoking the dankest kush out there in San Fran. Like, <laughs> I assume you are, and chilling with your dog.
0: Oh, uh, dude, I have to imagine that Steve's is plug. Actually, they live in California. They're, they don't need plugs
1: there. Say, they got a million plugs. <laughs> they just walk outside. It's a plug.
0: So anyway, how do you think these two teams match up now that uh, the Lakers are fully healthy and we can see what Steph can do with this Warriors team?
1: So a fully healthy Lakers, I mean, they should absolutely trample the Warriors here. It's they should just get out the bulldozer and just run right over them. The Warriors, they're not good as a team. Truthfully, <laughs> <laughs> they they have Steph, they have I laugh, Draymond. but I agree. Yeah, right. Like they have Steph, they have Draymond, two keys to the. I mean you know they're two of the biggest ingredients of the championship pie that they had besides that they're running out there they got kelly Oubre. they have jordan pool <laughs> they have jordan Poole. they have kavan looney like juan toscano anderson it's it's a yeah. it's a
0: hodgepodge of just ragtag uh yeah. insert word for messy underdogs here you know yeah exactly Led by a generational talent.
1: It's the Steph right. show. It's Draymond. He's the second fiddle. He gets it going. But in a one-off game like the play-in tournament, March Madness style, all you got to do is get hot for one game.
0: You know they should really? They should really try this, uh, this thing I saw on Reddit where they have uh, four Warriors all, like, hold hands and just create a barrier around Steph
1: and just have them, like, just chuck, like, 35-footers. Dude, I always wondered why teams... Had never tried that before is just to have the one guy have the ball and then just have four guys like literally just build a wall of screens (laughs) for then like somebody to try and get around it. I don't think that's illegal for just like four guys to line up like setting a pick. But you
0: know what? I think the Lakers could do to counter that is I think LeBron is strong enough to pick Anthony Davis up and throw him into the air, and Davis is so long. (laughs) And if he also gets like a jump, as LeBron's lifting him, he can really get up there and maybe block some of those uh, those uncontested heaves from Steph.
1: I just feel like Anthony Davis would absolutely love LeBron picking him up like underneath by his armpits like that and tossing him up and doing like a little <laughs> lion King thing with him. <laughs> seems like it seems like Anthony Davis is just in full- on simp for LeBron mode at this point. So. I think
0: that's in his clutch contract actually that LeBron has to uh, <laughs> has to embrace him and throw him wherever he wants.
1: Four times a year, he just has to fucking Lion King Simba him. <laughs> Just give him a little extra encouragement, a little extra pat <laughs> on the butt. <laughs> but, right. yeah, I mean, when it comes to actually how good these teams are, the Lakers really should be light years ahead of the Warriors. Personally, right. I'm pulling for the Warriors to just make the upset. I'm hoping the mm-hmm. Lakers lose, and then I'm hoping they lose in the second. Playing game and just completely miss the playoffs. I think that'd be fucking hilarious and amazing, and we be would crazy. never hear the end of how stupid the playing is from LeBron after that. When
0: that's exactly correct.
1: You're one of the best teams. Like you could just win one of these games anyway. I Which, do have to admit. Yeah, I'm assuming that, they will. Right.
0: I do have to admit that I am a massive LeBron James simp, and I really care about his legacy, and I would love to see him stack up some more championships at this stage of, in his career. I mean, he's 36 and in my opinion is still the best player in the world. Especially in the playoffs, you know. Playoff LeBron is just a completely different animal. Yeah, I would have
1: to agree with you. I mean, there's no one that's taken the crown from LeBron. If KD didn't get injured 2 years ago, I think KD he was the one who was going for it at mm-hmm. this point. There's nobody. I mean, KD can do it this year. If he steps up in the playoffs and brings the Nets to the championship as their best player, then, you know, he could take that crown if he stays healthy. But right now, it's still LeBron. You're picking LeBron in a one game against basically, I mean, probably anybody. You're picking LeBron in most series against anybody. It's tough to bet against them.
0: And it seems like LeBron and AD are really going to have their way with this Warriors team. Like... Oh, Draymond yeah. is still a very effective defender. He's had a very good season defensively. I think he's in the defensive player of the year conversation. He's mm-hmm. probably going to be on a lot of all defensive teams. You know, he might be a first team candidate. If not, he, 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 I think he's almost a lock for the second team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I mean, that's their only chance: is if Draymond can really take one of LeBron or AD <laughs> out of the game, which seems unlikely. And Steph can just go all for, like, 50. But, again, the Warriors, they've got their work cut out for them for sure.
1: They're bad. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> they're bad. They got Steph, they got Draymond. Otherwise, it's just garbage.
0: All right, let's move on to the other 7-8 matchup over in the Eastern Conference, and that is the Celtics and the Wizards. Now, I have zero confidence that the Celtics are going to defend home court and beat this, quite frankly, bad Wizards
1: team, aside from their two-star players. Yeah, we're on the same page. I mean, this is... The Wizards are essentially in the same position as the Warriors. They got the two guys. The rest of the team is dog shit. Right, but the Celtics are...
0: I think aside from Tatum, they're pretty bad. Like, they're gonna need a lot from Kemba. They're gonna need Kemba to be better than he's been all year. Mm -hmm. Missing Jalen Brown is so devastating.
1: That hurts so bad.
0: Right. Um, Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, and you got Evan Fournier now too. Yeah, well they they're gonna everyone's gonna have to contribute. Tatum's gonna need to have a a, a Tatum game where he has thirty or forty, and they're gonna need to ask a lot from these role players that gen that generally have not pro- produced this year. Mm-hmm. If I have to watch Semi Ojeley take another corner three, I'm gonna gouge my eyes out. <laughs> I hate watching that man on a basketball court. And Grant Williams is so fucking soft. He's 10-ply. Oh, he is so fucking tiny, dude. It's unbelievable. And, I mean, Naismith's come on recently. Pritchard was a nice story at the beginning of the year, and he's kind of middled now, but he's still an important role player on this team. But I don't see this Celtics team having... I mean, they only have to win one game. They beat the Wizards, they're in. hmm You know, that's, that's the benefit of being the 7 here, but... I don't think they'll beat the Wizards. And then they'll have to play one of the Pacers or the Hornets.
2: hmm
0: Now, that's a game I think they can handle. You know, Brogdon's been missing time for the Pacers. I'm not sure if he'll be healthy for that game. That's a, that's a big if. Yep. Sabonis has been very impressive this year.
1: Yep, however. yet again.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty interested to see how that uh, Pacers-Hornets game goes because I, I I guess I give the Pacers a slight edge. But yeah. that that group of Hornets guards can just really get hot at any given time. You know, LaMelo's out there running the show. Rozier can get hot at a moment's notice. Devontae Graham, Malik Monk off the bench. They've been steady contributors. They've been spark plugs. Um, Miles Bridges has been all-over highlight tapes all year. Mm -hmm. He's had probably three of the best five dunks this season, it seems like. He's been amazing.
1: Also, I mean, just statistically, too, Miles Bridges is having a really good year. Right.
0: The Hornets have had this young talent for a little while now, you know. P.J. Washington showed a lot of promise last year. Miles Bridges, he's always had the talent. Devontae Graham had a nice little season last year. And it just seems like with Lamelo. There. You know, they finally have a floor general who can really help everything come together. He's really the grease in these wheels, you know?
1: Yeah. Unlike, that's the thing, unlike the Celtics, who have no (laughs) guy that really makes anybody better, LaMelo, even as a rookie, makes everybody better. He's constantly making the extra play, he's constantly making the right pass, he's just getting guys in. Just perfect spots to score, and he's mm-hmm. super, super unselfish. So
0: It's amazing how he controls the pace at his age. It blo- it blows my mind watching. <laughs> it, it's like, wild. maybe playing professional ball before the NBA,
1: maybe there's something there, you know? Maybe there's something there. Maybe Luka Doncic. I mean, that guy's playing pros, and look how he controls it. That's exactly
0: right. I mean, y- you have to really think outside of the box of going the college route
1: now. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's really good for the game, you know. I think so too. I mean, just having more options for these kids is way better. So, Pacers Hornets. Pacers are the nine seed. Hornets are the ten seed. Hornets have dealt with a lot of injuries this year. They got Lamelo back. I don't know what's the deal with Gordon Hayward, but. The Pacers, they just fucking bore me to tears. and I'm They've taking... also
0: dealt with their fair share of injuries this year. You know, Brogdon's been down recently. Miles mm. Turner's been out for a while. I think Savonis was in and out at one point. Right. What an impressive season from Savonis, though. Yeah, he's the man. He's so he's been amazing. phenomenal. He can really <laughs> stuff the box score, you know? And oh. it seems like whenever he does have one of these great games that it translates
1: in the win-loss column yeah he definitely doesn't seem like an empty stats guy he's a guy that really just contributes to winning in all sorts of ways he's a great passer he's a great scorer he's right. a great he's great kind rebounder. of Jokic light at,
0: yeah. at, at the risk of comparing the two big white guys <laughs> he seems like a Jokic light you know? he, he can step out, hit some shots he can create for himself
1: he can create for others just all around a very impressive player yeah Sabonis, Sabonis—he's the man. But I'll take the Hornets in that matchup. And in the seven and eight in the East, I'm also I'm taking the Wizards. I don't have any faith in the Celtics. I really don't gotcha. have much faith in the Pacers with all the injuries that they've dealt with. I don't think they'll have Miles Turner at that point, which hurts them a lot. So,
0: so in the in the in the theoretical next round, who wins the Celtics Hornets game to get that eight seed?
1: Oh, I got hornets. I have wow you're... zero faith in the Celtics whatsoever. Without Jalen Brown, I just think they're really, really done for.
0: I almost want to agree with you, but I think, you know, the Celtics will have the best player in the series. That's a that's a big that, that's a big plus. Yep. And I think Brad Stevens can game plan around slowing down a rookie. You know, he's. We forget about how good of a coach he is because of how bad the Celtics are this year, you know. But I think uh, I'm not I'm not doubting Brad not yet.
1: You're forgetting one major aspect of that game. What's that? Terry Rozier revenge game. Uh, he is gonna fuck, fucking right. knock the Celtics right out of it and get the Hornets into the playoffs. You know Terry's going for at least forty
0: against the Celtics. See, it's well within my character to lean way too far into the narrative, so I'm going to have to flip here. You, you convinced me. I got Yeah, <laughs> there's baby. No, there's no way a Terry Rozier revenge tour doesn't end in him absolutely eviscerating the Celtics and making
1: that whole front office look like a bunch of dum-dums. And who the fuck's going to guard him? Is Kemba going to guard him? Hey, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. If Kevin's guarding him, Jesus, he might be putting up 40 in the first quarter. I can see Marcus saying, I want Terry, though, you know? Oh, that's true. Marcus Smart will probably take that assignment. But, I mean, Brad, take Stevens, it personally. Brad Stevens might say, like, hey, Marcus, you just have to guard Lamelo because we need you guarding Lamelo."
0: I'm sure you can uh, convince Marcus Smart to follow as well.
1: That sounds easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize Brad Stevens is a fucking soothsayer. So you have
0: the uh, the lo- the um, the lower seeds in both matchups. You have the Wizards and the Hornets coming away with those uh, seven and eight seeds.
1: Yep, I got lower seeds all the way for this one.
0: That's interesting. And now I care to agree. I mean, I I've, I'm taking the Wizards in that first round for sure. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I would love to see Beal in a meaningful playoff game, which we've never really gotten a taste of, we, we got a little bit of a taste back when John Wall went nuts in that um, Celtics series you know where uh, Kelly Olenek won the
1: Celtics the series oh, that way was back what brutal. was that like f- four years ago maybe that was the battle of the Kellys too that was when Kelly Oubre and Kelly Olynyk. went. that's out. right
0: yeah so that was the last time we saw Beal in a meaningful playoff game so it's going to be nice to see uh, new team leader Beal and how he how he fares with, on the big stage Yeah, and
1: especially against the Sixers in the first round, that would be exciting. Uh, well, no, because if they do win that first game, they'll be the seventh seed, so then they'll end up playing the Nets, which, less exciting. I would rather see the Wizards against the Sixers in the first round. that would be cool. You know, see
0: what, uh, that Westbrook-Ben Simmons matchup brings us. (laughs) Yeah, that would be
1: exciting. That's a whole lot of shattered backboards
0: (laughs) yeah that's some of the at least Ben Simmons is smart enough not to take the shots that Westbrook takes
1: that's true Westbrook's just gunslinging and Westbrook will tell Simmons hey dude I'm not a pussy I'll shoot this shot (laughs) (laughs) and it'll be There, it'll be awesome (laughs) to (laughs) see
0: right all right, let's move back over to the Western Conference to the one matchup that I really don't want to talk about at all, and that's Grizzlies-Spurs.
1: Uh, I don't know why you don't want to talk about this, dude.
0: <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. The Spurs shouldn't even be in in this conversation at all. All right, I mean,
1: let's, let's cool it with the Spurs slander. They finished five games
0: worse than the Grizzly, than the Grizzlies. They don't really, I don't think they have Pretty a Pretty crusty. This <laughs> is kind of one of the downsides to the playing tournament. I'm a yeah, fan of it. True. I'm just going to be on the record. I'm a fan of it. I think all basketball fans should really enjoy this. You know, it makes for more meaningful basketball. We haven't it's heard a basketball. peep about tanking, you know. People aren't talking about tanking. At the end of the season, they're talking about this, these playing matchups. Exactly. But I can see from a player's perspective how, you know, someone who's in that 7-8 seed can get frustrated. You know, they just played 72 games to jockey for this position, and now it's all laid out on the line over
1: the course of two games. Hey, you know what? If you got your fucking balls out and you're a competitor, you're not complaining. You're just going to go out and you're going to win that game. It's as simple as that. That's absolutely right. And you know who you haven't heard a peep about, the
0: a, a peep from about the playing tournament? Is Steph Curry. Steph Curry? Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Not afraid? No, they're not afraid. And I'm... I'm I'm really interested to see how these guys perform. But anyway, Grizzlies-Spurs. Who do you got?
1: (laughs) Grizzlies-Spurs. It sucks because, not just because of how bad this game should be. (laughs) I mean, the Grizzlies, they really should win this game. They're kind of fully healthy at the right time now. They've been decimated by injuries the whole year, but Jaron Jackson Jr. has been back for a couple weeks now I'm pretty sure
0: it seems like they've played worse with him back it's kinda yeah it's kinda weird to see
1: it's tough I mean the feel out period when you're coming back from injuries is tough no matter what
0: right this team's been playing a certain style for the whole season and now all of a sudden they're throwing a, a very important piece back into the lineup and they're trying to figure out how to how to adjust how to
1: play Exactly. He's your second best player. He's a guy that needs touches. He's a guy that needs shots. You want to get him in a rhythm. So you're probably throwing yourself out of your normal offense a little bit to try and accommodate him, but really, the Grizzlies should win this game. I I'd love the Spurs just because I love DeMar DeRozan. I think DeMar DeRozan is the man and he's a guy that has been kind of slept on since going to the Spurs. Just Put him on your all NBA
0: team then. Put him on your all NBA team.
1: I, dude, I want to. I really, <laughs> really, really wanted to. Instead, I'll just put him fourth on my MVP ballot. <laughs> <laughs> DeRozan That's this disgusting. year, though. Dude, DeRozan this year, 21, four rebounds and seven assists a game. He's seven on,
0: assists? I didn't see that coming.
1: Nobody realizes how good of a playmaker pick Rosen's become. Last year, he was 5.6 assists per game. The year before, 6.2. This year, he's up just under 7. He's just under 50% from the field. He's a horrible three-point shooter, as he's been his entire career. He's 88% from the free throw line. And every single time that I've seen DeMar DeRozan in a close game at the end. He just pulls up for like some kind of fadeaway mid range jumper and it's just Wetty. He's a assassin of mid range. Yeah. He fucking drips it. So I mean the Grizzlies better hope that they don't get into a close game with the Spurs here because the Grizzlies have been Pretty notorious for just blowing leads at the end of games. They right. kind of like the Pelicans. They just really can't hang on at the end. They don't have that go-to guy that's going to get it done.
0: The issue is they run these pick-and-rolls with Jaw and uh, and Valanchunas, and teams just they just sit under these screens. They they don't respect Jaw as a shooter at all.
1: No, and that's the thing. Jaw doesn't really know how to make him pay yet. And oh. Demar Derozan, same thing. Nobody respects him as a shooter. What does he do? He says, "All right, I'll just get down to my range, and then I'll just pull up in your face." That's
0: right. There, there's not there aren't many players that are better at finding their shot, and that's something yeah. that that's that veteran uh, the veteran mentality, you know?
1: Yeah, he's just got that know-how. He's been there before. He's been in the playoffs plenty of times. Grizzlies have not. Sounds like so, you're trying to talk
0: yourself into the Spurs, man.
1: I might be talking myself into the Spurs right now. I. And it's crazy, because I was going to pick the Grizzlies to beat the Warriors.
0: Oh, you're nuts,
1: dude. But actually, the Grizzlies can't beat the Warriors, because...
0: Because the Warriors can beat the Lakers?
1: Warriors are going to beat the Lakers. Yeah, all right. (laughs) I got Spurs over Grizzlies, I got Warriors over Lakers, and then I got Lakers over Spurs.
0: You're fucking high, man.
1: (laughs) Not right now, actually.
0: I mean, we both have the Lakers and Warriors getting in.
1: I mean, weed is legal. I mean, illegal in Florida, so never high, actually. <laughs>
0: no, not even once. <laughs>
1: yeah, never. I, and yeah, Connecticut was too, so never once. Well, no, never once.
0: And um, so, I think we both have the the Lakers and Warriors coming out, but I have the Lakers winning that first round matchup. Call me crazy, but I think that the <laughs> the Lakers yeah, all right, are, man. they're just gonna have their way with the Warriors, and then um, the Warriors gonna are gonna have their runner.
1: way. You, you want to be a frontrunner, you can be a frontrunner. I know,
0: it's such a boring pick, but I, don't know, I guess I'm fucking boring. I got my, my boring uh, balls out. They're extremely average, you know, not much to look at. If you've seen a pair of balls, you've seen
1: mine. Yeah, they're such boring balls. They're literally milk white. They got no hairs on them. There's nothing going on there. All right. <laughs> it's cool when I say it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I can't lie to the audience. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so um in my my scenario, let's let's all right, let's pretend that the the Lakers win their first round matchup. They get the 7 seed, right? Mhm. Who do you think the Warriors would rather see between the Grizzlies and the Spurs? Cuz I think that they are a threat to lose to either one. I think they're they'd be the favorite, and I would pick the Warriors in either of those games. But who do you mm-hmm. think is a more favorable matchup for Golden State?
1: I think the Warriors would rather pull the Spurs. I think the Grizzlies just have more energy and they're more exciting of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Warriors would kind of have no problem just shutting down the Spurs. They both just kind of have that like institutional know-how, but the Warriors are just a better team at this point. I feel like the institutional know-how for the Spurs will do them better justice over the Grizzlies, just because the Grizzlies are such a young team that doesn't really know how to get it done. I think they would rather see the Spurs, just because I think they know what they're getting against the Spurs, and I think they could take them down. I think the Grizzlies are more of a wild card.
0: You don't think that the the Warriors are worried about that? Uh, the tandem of... Uh... Great defending point guards that the Spurs have. You know, they can throw DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Patty Mills for stretches all out there on Steph. Kinda creates some matchup problems.
1: I don't think they're worried about anybody when it comes to Steph Curry. I don't think that's fair. There's anybody in the league that has really a chance at defending him unless you just have a gun. But and you if have if you have admit- a gun, that's the only way you can defend <laughs> Steph Curry. If you tell him if he shoots the ball, you're gonna shoot him. That's your best chance at survival.
0: Oh, man, Steph's pretty
1: fearless. (laughs) Yeah, he might risk it all, dude. Uh, All his life, right?
0: He's like, ah, shit, sick. Four-point play?
1: (laughs) And on, let's go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if I'm Steph, I'd much rather draw a matchup against John Morant than against DeJounte Murray. But I agree that as a complete team, that matchup aside they'd rather see the spurs than the grizzlies.
1: Well, I'm glad we agree on that one. I'm glad we can agree on something. Yeah, right. And yeah, unfortunately, that uh, that lowers the lower seeds of the plan. I mean, that's something that just might not ever really be that exciting, but it there's at least a chance and if one of those lower seeds does pull it out, if the warriors or lakers like somehow got knocked off, that's right It would be pretty crazy And it would be really exciting So And
0: you know what it, The play-in tournament It definitely incentivized Like the Hornets To bring LaMelo back Like I could If there weren't For the play-in tournament I could see them Shutting LaMelo down For the season And you know Tanking for the best draft pick That they could get At that point
1: Exactly and you still had, I mean, like Sacramento was still gunning for it a little bit. New Orleans was still gunning for it. You still had the Bulls and the Raptors. Right, the I mean,
0: Bulls made a, a massive trade deadline move that I think if it weren't for the, the playing tournament,
1: they otherwise wouldn't have made. Uh, yeah, I think so too. So, I mean, you really only had maybe six teams, five teams tanking this year, which... Usually, it's every team that's not in the playoffs just begins tanking pretty much right away when they realize they're going to be out of it. So, Right. It the became,
0: on the other side of that, uh, that Vucevic trade, it became quite obvious that the Magic were selling anybody who knew how to play
1: basketball to try to get a good draft pick. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. They traded away Vuce. They just started playing, like... Honestly, I might have blacked out And me and you might have played two games for the Magic this season (laughs) Who who knows, because they were just trotting fucking anybody out there And they still ended up with one more win than the Pistons this year Oh, it's disgusting, the Pistons are just an abysmal joke That's a train wreck, bro, it's gross
0: It just seems like they'll never figure it out, too It's quite sad they're, They're
1: bad and I hope they don't get a high pick either. I hope they get fucked on it, just because that would be awesome. I hope the Rockets fu- get fucked. I I don't hope the Rockets get fucked. I hope I, the Rockets get a high pick.
0: Fertitta doesn't deserve to have any nice things. It's my my
1: school of thought. I agree with that. I do feel bad for them with Harden just bullying his way out of there though. That's true. And so you know,
0: I I'm a, I love Christian Wood. I think he's awesome. I, <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I can I mean I can root for teams and hate their owners. <laughs> oh, that's Kate. what
0: being a Knicks fan's done to
1: you, huh? And that's what being a Knicks fan teaches you. <laughs> you don't have to love every aspect of the organization. You can still root for the team. <laughs>
0: Alright. I think that's all the time we have. This has gone this has gone like twice as long as I envisioned it would. <laughs> I'm gonna try to we- get all the I'm trying to give all you listeners just the good stuff, so I'll do my best in post, and I appreciate you all for listening. Zach, do you have anything to say? (laughs)
1: Let's say we recorded nearly two and a half hours. We'll see what we get that cut down to, but this was a blast. This was fun to shoot the shit and talk basketball, and... Oh, yeah. I
0: can't wait to do it again.
1: Yeah. It was honestly a great feeling out process, and great to start to learn what's going on here and how to maybe cut ourselves off a little bit on things we just want to elaborate on Yeah, and we of we'll motor out yeah we'll figure out how to get it concise but it's better yeah. to have more better to have too much than not enough so
0: right for those of you who made it to this point in the episode thank you <laughs> First fucking of all, big time thank you <laughs> I, I condemn your uh, your willpower and your discipline to make it through and uh, I hope you enjoyed. And uh, next time we meet, we're gonna recap the play-in tournament, and we will talk about future matchups in this uh, this crazy, crazy playoff tray.
1: Playoff basketball, baby! It's coming up. That's right. All right. Let's get One. ready for it. Anybody that gave us even a click, if you gave us a second of listening, thank you so much. We appreciate
0: yep. it. Yep, yep. Please subscribe. There'll be more content coming at you soon. We don't quite have like a schedule or dates hammered out yet, but we're gonna we'll put content together while we can. We're a couple of uh, busy
1: guys, you know. Well, uh, yeah, we're gonna keep the content coming. We're gonna get some kind of schedule down. We're going to get pretty much everything else that we need down on this, but I mean, this is fun and I'm looking forward to the next episode.
0: Thanks for sitting with me with your balls out, Zach. I wouldn't want my balls to be out with anybody else.
1: Keeping the balls out for the boys. Forever.
0: Keep your eyes out for our next episode. Tune in. Give it a listen. Tell your friends. And uh, see you when I see you.
1: Peace out, everybody. Spread love. Boom bang. All right. That was so long.